That's right, it is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you, Jay, and Angie. Well, guys, it's 9-11. Yep, it is. It yep. is. Yep. 9-11 is 18 years old, legal in all 50 states. And 18 years ago... Three buildings fell down, not just two. Well, um, the Pentagon didn't fall, but it got hit, right? No, building number seven. Three in New York City came down. That's right. One that did not get struck by a plane. Oddly far out, too. I think it's it's a very... The building number seven is the most interesting part of the the whole 9-11 story. You know what else is really interesting? Mm -hmm. Is they found puddles of molten lava for weeks while cleaning up where the actual Twin Towers fell. It's not that I like. It's not that I believe or disbelieve those stories. It's just that I have no way of corroborating it. But we certainly can see where Building Seven was in relationships to Buildings One and Two. Yep. Oh right? yeah. How and, far was it? Um, not not particularly close. It wasn't like just sitting next door. The way that One and Two were right close together. Yeah. Building Seven was a ways out from there. Okay. And um, there was a lot of interesting stuff allegedly in Building Seven that was conveniently um, disappeared, kind of like. Epstein conveniently committed suicide, uh, like the the Enron. Anybody know somebody that lost money because of Enron? Yeah, no. all the people. I did. Yeah, yeah. A lot for folks from California where uh, their retirement was wrapped up in Enron, and they became basically broke because a bunch of very powerful people in Enron looted the company and and they looted the retirement fund and they stole from it. And the all the evidence to prosecute that case was allegedly in Building Number Seven. Hmm. Well, um, I believe fewer people believe that Jeffrey Epstein committed suicide unassisted than uh, than believe, frankly, any other conspiracy in the history of uh, the world. Um, well, the whole Epstein thing gives so much credibility to every tinfoil hat wearing screwball that was talking about nine eleven. Yeah, I mean, now, look at Alex Jones for example. He's been screaming about Epstein for over a decade. They played like a two thousand five clip. Of, of Infowars, one of these talk shows I was listening to, uh, Jimmy Dore show or something, um, about, uh, you know, and it was like, they like nobody, you know, wasn't talking about it. Alex Jones was, and Luke yep. Radowski was, and, you know, uh, Ernie Hancock's had guys on his show talking about the whole pedophile thing with Epstein and Pedo Island. I was on a cruise last year, last November. I went on a cruise, Norwegian Cruise Line, and we went around for your honeymoon, for my honeymoon, and we went snorkeling off of St. Thomas. It was one of the cruise adventures yep and um and as we were leaving saint thomas the guy on the it was a um a twin cat twin 500 horse yan mars you know 150 people on this thing going out to a reef somewhere to you know uh put our sweat and sunscreen all on the reef and pee (laughs) and and, uh which that snorkel thing is beautiful down there but anyways so we go past uh big Big James or St. James Island or something. St. James Island, yeah. And uh, he's like, oh, the Golden Dome got knocked off by the hurricane. They're talking about you could see the chapel and you see this place. It's a private island for a, a wealthy millionaire. I go, oh, is that pedophile island? And the guy goes, yes, it is. And I'm not going to repeat what you said. But none of us, none of the locals like him. Yeah. He said, uh, and then like that whole boat's like, oh, what do you mean pedophile island? So, you, you know, and people around me, I'm like, yeah, Jeffrey Epstein. I go, Alex Jones been talking about it for years. <laughs> and uh, no, I know that you said he's a pedophile, but what did he do? Like, what is he accused Epstein? of? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so best I can tell the story is, is that Epstein 
got wealthy somehow. Okay. And, you know, they say he was a hedge fund manager or whatever, but that doesn't... The hedge fund did nothing. I, I haven't seen a lot of evidence of that, um, but that's where the money Maybe came from. Maybe it was from. in Building 7. Right. <laughs> and he had this proclivity for young ladies. Okay. And so he would... He had this sort of small team of women, believe it or not... That, that recruited. Would, that would recruit young ladies... From like mall jobs and things like that to come give him massages. That's in uh, air quotes. Okay. Dance studios in New York City, it was reported a couple weeks ago, uh, in part of this Epstein uh, paperwork that a bunch of lawyers are going through, a bunch of people are going through, a bunch of conspiracy theorists are going through. But dance studios in New York City, where you send your four, five, six, seven, eight year old kid as, you know, after school. That's like a big thing. A lot of like, you know, suburban yeah, yeah, that's kids done. that young. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, well, okay, so that's not- Oh, I don't know about him taking them, but that's where they start. Okay. When you start sending them to dance when they're like four or five years old. Right. It happens uh, a lot. That that much is true. Epstein is accused, I think, at the youngest is 14. Um, so, you know, that would be two years younger than the age of consent in the state of Florida. And they would be given money to give massages. And when he got in there, you know, like, hey, how about you touch this part? How about you touch that part? There'll be more money in, in it for you. This kind of thing. So, you know, but at 14, I mean, I know that it's not the age of consent, but at 14 years old, I knew what I was doing. Like, if I did something or I touched something, like, I, I was aware of the consequence or the action that I did. So I can get it. If they're 14, they know. Yeah. I think that the biggest problem uh, that people have with it, and, and it's not, I'm, I'm not saying one way or the other. I agree with you that 14-year-old women and 14-year-old men um, know what's going on. That's uh, what we call uh, the age of biological maturity. Um, they're, they're biological adults at that point. I think it's the age difference that bothers people that... How a old a was much Epstein? older guy. He had, I think he's in his 60s, 60s now. now. So oh, let's call it his 40s at the time, maybe okay. 30s at the time. So, you know, whatever the, the situation is. Also, um, part of this is that he had his own private jet. You know, he's a billionaire or whatever. And the private jet allowed him to entertain influential people, including Bill Clinton, um, Bill you know, Gates. Gov- yeah, governors, uh, captains of industry, you know, God knows who. And they'd go on, they'd get some drinks and then out trot the girls. And, you know, maybe oh. they maybe they made some bad decisions. Okay. Now, this is where, for me, it all sort of unravel. The whole story begins to unravel because if Jeffrey Epstein wasn't an agent of a foreign government... Foreign governments have dropped the ball on spycraft, right? If, um, let's let's see, Epstein, where could he could be from? Maybe he's an agent of the Mossad from Israel, right? Okay. Just as, I'm just taking a wild stab at the dark. Basically, his partner's father, you know, Maxwell there, Ghislaine Maxwell, her father was a, a Mossad agent. And that's not in dispute? No, that's okay. like proven fact. They, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah, so let's say he's working for the Mossad. This makes a lot more sense to me, is, is that... You know, some foreign country would want to put their thumb on politicians and captains of industry in the United States so that they can just get the right decisions at the right time or whatever. And a great way to do that would be to put them on a private jet. People will will do whatever to get on a private jet. It's fun. People are excited about it. You know, if I'm like, hey, guys, you want to drive two hours across the state to go to take off in my private jet for a flight down to Bimini oh, and back? Yes, we'll right. do it. Like you'll totally drive across <laughs> the state, whereas otherwise you would not drive across the state. So, you know, a private jet is an, is an influential thing. Then alcohol yeah, lowers the inhibition. Then the girls come out and, you know, maybe some of them ask what the ages are. Maybe some of them don't. Um, and then there's a whole other element, too. 
inside this drink, whether it's alcoholic or not, I mean, there are certain drugs that people can be dosed with, uh, and essentially they're very easy to persuade or, you know, the, the people like literally lack their, you know, sensibilities, you know, kind of like an enhanced. One of those drugs is alcohol. Sure. (laughs) I mean, like, but there's much more powerful, like agents that the CIA likes to use that, you know, we don't know, we know very little about because it's all speculative. Once you're on the plane with the people that have diddled the 14 year olds, it doesn't matter whether you did or not. That's true. You have drank. You've you've had three Mai Tais yeah. on a private plane where four 14-year-olds were, uh, you know. Dancing around. And- yeah, well, yeah. And there were private rooms on the plane, too. This oh, was goodness. not a small private plane. It was a big private plane. And, yeah. So if you were, you were there, you did it. It doesn't make a difference. Yep. Like, Bill Clinton is accused of being on this plane. We don't know what he did on the plane, but we know that he took... Many rides on the plane, a couple of dozen, I believe, is the accusation. More than a couple of dozen. So, have you seen the video where this guy flies a drone over his island, and there's like all this, like, you know, you, you almost think you'd be watching like a, uh, oh, you know, an Alex Jones video about a cult, you know, warship and these buildings and like rocks aligned, and so he's like a, like a mini Stonehenge thing there. He does have some of sort of temple stuff. thing. Yep. At the Epstein Island? Oh, yeah. At the Epstein Island, yeah, the St. James. He actually says two islands, uh, right. the big St. James. Well, he doesn't anymore. He's dead. Right. Well, yeah. Now, it, maybe. They're gone. You think? Maybe. <laughs> maybe the Israel Money. just Maybe Israel just got their agent out. <laughs> if he's got $500 million, what's to say he's dead? Happy 9-11 or sad 9-11 or in remembrance 9-11, whatever. Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Angie. We spent the last segment just sort of, uh, you know, A, talking about 9-11. It's the anniversary. And B, talking about Jeffrey Epstein. It seemed like uh, one thing led into another there, uh, the oh, conspiracy yeah. theories. I'm going to go ahead and say with Jeffrey Epstein that I've just moved on into the uh, conspiracy theorist camp. I cannot believe the stories about him you know, ac- committing suicide when two cameras were malfunctioning uh, days after, just hours after getting off of uh, you know, suicide, suicide Watch, watch yep. in... The New York federal jail thing. I just can't believe that story. How did they say that they killed us? He killed himself. Hung himself, but in jail that can mean two things. Um, This is one thing that people don't really sort of get is is that people think of hanging themselves. You imagine hanging like a piece of fruit, right? Strange fruit, right? Uh, Hanging from a tree and uh, by rope, right? Um, That you would have to find something that would hold support your weight in a prison cell. You'd have to find some kind of uh, you know cord that would support your weight, and then uh, they're not prison cells are not convenient for hanging yourself. And then have a distance that one could drop in order to at least choke to death, if not strangle yourself to death. Okay. So you know, often bunk beds are right there, and then like a person who's actually strangling themselves to death is going to put their leg out and then push themselves up, and they just you know. But another way that they do it in jail is is they'll take a cord and they'll tie it around their neck and they'll tie it to the top of the bunk, and then they'll lay flat on the bunk and they'll pull themselves down to the where the cord's tightening, and then it just cuts off the blood flow to the brain. They're not choking to death. 
their their brains asphyxiating because it's not getting oxygen. Okay. And that is a much more pleasant way to go, as I understand. Uh, having never committed suicide, I can't really say one way or the other. And I'm certainly not advocating so for it. So is that the way they're saying that he did it? No, I haven't been able to find anything about the way he did it because everything is sort of clouded in conspiracy. I have seen pictures of supposedly what is Epstein being taken out of the county jail. And those pictures are clearly not Epstein. Okay, so you can see his face, you can see his head. You can see like the shape of his nose and his, yeah. his ear, and then that you know you can see pictures of Jep, uh, Epstein's nose and ear, and it's not the same guy. So what, for me, what I come down to is either way, either he's an agent of a foreign country like um, Israel is my guess, um, and it's just a guess, and that makes a lot of sense to me considering all the things that he did with the plane and the underage gals and, you know, all this stuff, trying to entrap all these other, you know, I'm sorry, but the reality is when you take a lot, like there's a large percentage of males out there that when you give them a certain amount of alcohol and you bring in strange young ladies, they're just going to go ahead and uh, acquiesce of to these, the menstruations of these young ladies. Yes. And they may or may not ask the age. They may or may not care care of the age. And they may or may not be fine with it after a certain amount of alcohol. Right? Right. So, um, you know, I'm in that camp. Right? Like, this is a foreign agent. However, even if it's not, he had $500 million. Let's presume he spent $50 million to escape jail. Could you pull it off $50 million? And the jail? answer to that is indubitably, right? Like, uh, how many jail guards do you have to pay off to get this done? Yeah. And not very many. And probably not is, a lot. Right. And all you have to do is, so there's a plane on the runway in, you know, the near at the nearest private airport, right? Yep. Um, all you have to do is have one well-paid-off jail guard who who networks with quite a few other jail guards there everybody turns their head to the point that we can take the billionaire off of the seventh floor i don't know what floor is on i'm just picking up a floor okay it happens to be the floor that i just picked uh, <laughs> so down um you know down the, the the elevator out into some kind of car marked unmarked the the jail car i don't know i don't care um off he goes you know we're transporting this prisoner now you know, maybe maybe they've got him in cuffs, right? They put him into a jail van. I'm transporting this prisoner, and then two guards go, and off they go to the airport, right into the airplane. Shoom! This is. You have thought a lot about this. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's well because it's. I mean, like if he's got five hundred million dollars, and that's what they claim he has, that is not a fifty million dollar op. Right. It's not. No. That's a five million dollar. Worst case, op. you still have four hundred fifty million. Right. It gets so much better. So, for example. The guy who's doing the autopsy on, on Epstein is the same guy who did the autopsy on JFK. How old is this guy? The same yes. guy did the autopsy. Well, he's like 80. He's old. he's old. He's like a celebrity. Celebrity autopsy guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know. I mean, the only one I knew was Quincy. But wonder how much he's getting paid. <laughs> I don't know. But his lawyers say that the autopsy reports that the injuries, the broken bones in his neck were inconsistent with suicide. So the lawyers are, of course, they're happy to, you know, spin that he's dead because they probably don't even know. Why would you want them to know? You'd want them well, convinced the- that you are dead. Yes. Because they're going to go shill it to the world, whatever they believe. And uh, But, yeah, so I think it's funny that the lawyer's like, oh, yeah, but, you know, and they brought this up in federal court because they closed his case because allegedly there's no more Jeffrey Epstein. So they dismissed the charges against him, essentially. But the lawyers were like, hey, put it in a court record, on record, that the injuries are inconsistent with suicide. This is on the docket. 
and uh, so this, I mean, that's they're just helping prop up that he's dead. I don't believe he's dead for a minute. Yeah, the um, you know, I mean, so so maybe we have to produce a body. Maybe, right? Maybe the county jail has a body. I don't have an answer for that. Or maybe they just decided, eh, you know, here's a particular inmate that we particularly don't like. Maybe he did some terrible crimes or something like that. And uh, the guards take care of him. Still, not a $50 million heist. No, not at all. Also, this happens to be in the state where Hillary Clinton is a former senator. She got a lot of power there. And her husband is one of the people that is accused in all of this. New York. New York. New York. And, I mean, just too much of this, it's just too much for me. I, I mean, I, I'm i not conspiratorial on much. I, I don't take 9-11 one way or the other. I propose that it doesn't actually matter for the ideas of liberty. I, I'm curious about Building 7. I've got some, you know mild questions but i'm not gonna you come i'm not gonna come out come down hard one way or the other it's not well, my concern but on this one i'm sorry nobody believes this you've got to be like a, a lockstep statist to believe the story that jeffrey epstein committed suicide in um it, in, in county jail even back to tulsi gabbard with the whole media they're, they're they're trying to um they're they're putting hit pieces on her left and right uh, they are not talking about her when she's getting, um, you know, second place. Just like they're doing the same thing that Tulsi did to Ron Paul. That's like what really got my attention Does about this, this. Have to do with Epstein or have to do with conspiracy? Well, the media just spinning everything. The media oh. spinning, spinning Epstein. The prostitutes, the prostitutes, as they refer to. They all are just lock in lockstep with, um, you know, the powers to be that are running government. They they're literally like probably on orders from the CIA or Clinton or some. I don't know, but I think for Tulsi, for me with Tulsi Gabbard, it's not that I support her domestic policy by any stretch i i'm probably more in line with her foreign policy thoughts than any other candidate that's currently uh running for president or in office uh but the thing that's most interesting to me about her is why is the media trying so hard there's so many hit pieces out about this lady and nobody else who's polling at the same level that she's polling at gets any kind of attention at all the media is pro-war Oh, they yeah. They love war. Well, I think that they're just paid off by the military industrial complex in some way. They love war, too. Well, it's certainly, if it bleeds, it leads, right? 855 450 3733. 855 450 free is in Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com has launched a trading platform at local.bitcoin.com, allowing you to buy or sell Bitcoin cash via dozens of payment methods like PayPal, Venmo, bank deposit, remittances, or meeting in person with cash. There are no ID requirements to sign up for and use the site, and all communications between buyers and sellers are encrypted. Finally, a global trading platform that respects your privacy. Visit local.bitcoin.com to get started trading Bitcoin cash. Local.bitcoin.com free talk live you can call in about anything here on free talk live we uh at this point it's been conspiracy talk live up uh, for the first half hour um the number 855-450-3733 it's 855-450-free as in freedom it's mark with you jay and angie want to tell you about balance of nature balance of nature is a uh well supplement and I've been taking it for a couple of weeks now. It's been working fine for me. 
I think probably the the coolest thing about it is, is they've got these fruit and veggie capsules. So you can take uh, three of their fruit capsules and three of their veggie capsules, and you get ten servings of fruits and vegetables, and that's a lot of nutrition. It's not every day that you can get in the amount of fruits and vegetables that you need to get in, and Balance of Nature can help with that. Go online, become a preferred customer, which gives you the best pricing and free shipping. And after your third month, Balance of Nature will ship to you at no extra charge an additional set of fruits and veggies. It's a limited time offer, so don't wait. Go to balanceofnature.com. Use discount code FTL. That allows you to get the uh, the benefits here. Balanceofnature.com. FTL is the discount code. And uh, one of our... Uh, you know, contractors, I guess, uh, Riley Blake, who's you've heard him on the show here. If you've uh, listened for a long time, he um, he works for Balance of Nature. And so he knows what a good product it is. And he recommended this and got it all set up. So it's balanceofnature.com coupon code FTL. Let's- hey, I'd like to throw something out there before I forget. I forgot last week, but uh, today after tonight after the show, myself, Silver Dave and nobody. Uh, are going to be doing Freer Talk Live on uh, twitch.lrn.fm or dlive.lrn.fm is how you're going to catch that uh, feed later on. So it's Freer Talk Live. It's uncensored. And we're going to be talking. Dave and I love talking about 9-11. So I know we're going to talk about that tonight. Let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Jade calling in from New Hampshire. Uh, Jay, you you met Jade today. Yes. Or yesterday I met Jade. Okay. Let's go to Jade. Jade, you're on Free Talk Live. So, um, yeah, if we can, I hope you guys, I maybe caught the last bit of that about Tulsa Gabbard. But, um, yeah, I am, so I'm a full-time non-paid volunteer, pretty much all non-paid. But um, just to throw that out there. But since it is 9-11, I thought it would be a a good time to, you know, come on air and talk about why um, an anti, you know, anti-regime change war is such a good uh, concept, especially for the 2020 election. Because it's something that needs to be, you know, implemented. You know, we're going, you know. There was a little bit of drop out there, Jade. Anti what? Did you say? Anti regime change war. Ah, you know, anti regime change war. Yeah, Got it. there we go. Anti interventionism, you know, things like that. Yep. Um, you sound much better now. You were dropping out a little bit earlier. Yep. Great. Yeah. Okay. So go ahead. Mike. Yeah. So um, basically, you know, when we're talking about 9 11, you know, we've been in this war. Um, on this war on terror and not seeing any actual solutions. You know, we're risking, we're spending $4 billion a month in taxpayer money every month in Afghanistan alone. Still? You know, that's something that... Wow. Still. Right now. Currently. Um, yeah, currently. We are risking, you know, need, needless lives um, without any, like, actual solutions, um, short-term and long-term. And, uh, you know, Tulsi recognizes this. And so that's, you know... One of the reasons why, you know, it's such a good day um, to, you know, get this information out there um, because it's something that needs to be fixed. We're not we're, we're wasting American lives. We're hurting others. And for what? Right. I mean, I think yeah. that the the idea of going into Afghanistan was having the ability to go and hunt down Osama bin Laden. They didn't find well, they Osama did, bin Laden. In a short in a, term. What's that? And yeah, and we we actually did. You know, we did that um, plan of action in a short term, or we technically did what in the short term. And we could have pulled, you know, those troops out of there. But instead, 
we put thousands more in. We put thousands more, you know, um, resources and millions and trillions of dollars um, into that. So, so you got a solution for us? Tulsi's a solution to uh, this this war <laughs> this war machine. Is she going to shut but it down? Isn't it's a mentality, right? It's a point of view. Yes. So if we if you know if we have Tulsi Gabbard, you know, as a as a presidential nominee for the twenty twenty election, that shows where we're at as as a society, right? We recognize that we don't need regime change wars. That we don't need to put our resources, our taxpayer money, um, you know, taxation stuff, right? So that's right. Um, yeah, I think that you know, she's probably, as far as you know, all the candidates that are out there, she's the one that stands most diametrically opposed to what is currently going on. And if you're upset about, say, Donald Trump or whatever, um, Donald Trump's going to be able to make Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren, Joe Biden. Um, I don't, I don't know who else there is might be lower than that, but he's going to make them look bad. Tulsi, he can't yeah. make her look bad. In the same he way, He's, there's nothing yeah, he can. She's bulletproof to him. Oh yeah, when you spent 16 years as a combat veteran in Iraq and Kuwait, you know, and you're going against someone did. who basically avoided the draft, right? Right. So it's um yeah, it's not a it's not a competition when it comes to that. It's about you know getting her to that spot, getting her. You know, she got over 20 polls saying that she should have qualified for the debate in September. But the DNC only counted two of those, right? Yeah, yeah it's, so it's getting her to that point. That's another thing that's really odd about um, Tulsi is, is that for some reason, there's all kinds of big media hit pieces out on this lady. Now, anybody oh, yeah. else who's running at the level she's running at is getting no press at all. But for whatever reason, the mm-hmm. prostitutes are out there writing big hit pieces against her. And that makes me just kind of curious. Like, I mean, I'm that much yeah. more curious about her. Do you have any idea why? So, I mean, you get a lot of you get a lot of news pieces, you know, saying that she's an Assad apologist or how she met with Trump or how um, she was, you know, grew up in a conservative um, kind of state with her family. So we get a lot of hit pieces on that. I don't, I don't understand why I'm not one of these people in the media. I'm not. Um, obviously, I don't make. You know, I'm not part of the 1%, so I couldn't tell you, right? But um, I would say, you know, it's just, it's not a fair, you know. Would you speculate as to why <laughs> you think they're they're after her? Because mm-hmm. she's getting an undue amount of attention, because, negative. You know, because, <laughs> yeah, I heard someone say, because the media, you know, it's a cycle of greed. It's a perpetual cycle. We make so much money off of war. The Pentagon is the largest industrial user of climate fossil fuels. So when that is that much ingrained into your government and that much ingrained into the 1%, into these big media, you know, corporations and companies, um, that's my speculation, really. It's just money. Not to, the money behind it. Not to mention the advertisers and big the big contributors to media. The way media makes their money is off of advertising dollars. So, like, for example, exactly. um, go to, like, NFL, the Department of Defense, in a 10-year, we did uh, we did this on a show a while back. In 10 years, the Department of Defense spent something like $5.5 billion, some crazy amount of money on, like, uh, sponsorships 
with um, broadcast during like football games and also for like flyovers. And then you have literally companies that own that are in that own parts of like Clear Channel and all the big media and MSNBC and their shareholders and stock stockholders all own a huge amount of military industrial complex companies like Stuart Stevenson, mm-hmm. um, you know, Archer Midland Daniels, which is actually but they're kind of everything. Uh you know, a Halliburton, for example, they profit tremendously off uh, servicing the war machine, and 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 that all feeds yeah. feeds back. And but one thing I really notice about Tulsi is the fact that they're treating her like Ron Paul, and they're and the the, yeah. the Democrats are going to steal the primary for from her the same way they stole oh, yeah. it from Bernie, and the same way yep. they, the yep. Republicans stole it from Ron Paul. Right. Well, I don't even know. Mm-hmm. This. They're they're trying to make it so they don't have to steal it from her, so that she doesn't even get on the stage. And I think that you know that's despicable too. Jade, thank you for the call. Yeah. Please call in again sometime. I'm, I'm I find Tulsi Gabbard to be one of the most interesting candidates for the Democrats. Free Talk Live eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free Talk Live. Call in. Talk about whatever you want. We just had Jade call in, who apparently volunteers for the uh, Tulsi Gabbard campaign. And Yeah, she actually was on the roof of my house yesterday. And about two weeks ago, uh, a guy who uh, is a state legislature here, uh, Dennis Goddard, he uh, listens to the show. Um, he was like the first guy I had a Tulsi conversation with uh, at Porkfest a little bit because he was, you know, sporting the yeah, Tulsi t-shirts. And he was talking about the they do a sign wave in Concord and a sign wave in um, uh, Manchester once a week in, in, in Portsmouth or something. So I said, hey, I want a sign. He's like, oh, you gave me his phone number? Text me your address. So these girls show up and she saw my, you know, taxation is theft pin that's on my hat. Thought that was pretty cool. I gave her my business card. Um, you know, she wanted to told you know it was a libertarian that moved here i told her i was a non-archist which she thought was like perfect way to explain someone who doesn't want to be ruled and uh so yeah we got to talking about um you know just freedom stuff so they're they're, they're into it yeah i think uh, tulsi is the most interesting of the democratic candidates and i'm one thing i know for certain is is there will be somebody elected in november of 2020 to be the president of the united states and I may not like all the options like 100 percent. As a matter of fact, I don't like all of the options 100 percent. But I think I like Tulsi the best, as I've seen so far. I, now, the Libertarians haven't put up their candidate yet, and I'm curious about that, too. I don't expect Tulsi to win, but I expect that all the Tulsi people, all the people who, who she's basically got the whole anti-war crowd, as far as I'm concerned, or most of it, the actual real anti-war people, uh, they're going to get to see what the what the. Um, Ron Paul supporters saw in 2008 and 2012. They're going to see. It ain't pretty, is it? They're going to see their candidate get ripped off by the DNC, and and these people are going to be at basically prime for poaching by us libertarians uh, because they're going to understand how corrupt their government is, and they're going to realize it's not theirs and it doesn't serve them. Speaking of libertarians, if you support libertarian radio and you want to see Free Talk Live on more radio stations across the United States. Um, download it onto more podcast players, uh, wherever, just more listeners general, generally go to amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp, A-M-P dot freetalklive.com. As Christian Saucier 
uh, has done, who's a uh, platinum amplifier. That means $25 a month. We ask for $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com, but you can upgrade if you want. I Again, and we're asking for $5 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Thank you, Christian, though, for your generosity. Let's go to Jim calling in from Iowa. Jim, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind, sir? Yeah, I was listening on the radio. sort of funny. Something like 9-11 happens, and everybody, all of a sudden, they're going to pray to God to help this country. I'll tell you what, how many, three million, what, three million abortions each year? The leaders are all perverts, steal, they're crooks, they pay girls. They have a fund they set up to pay the girls, so we won't tell them what they do. The Senate did have a, right. something like that set up, yes. And uh, if anybody bothers to get married, they get married four or five times. Uh, they go home, watch their computers and their movies, their dirty movies. The filthy homosexuals, God says, they're depraved, they degrade their <laughs> bodies and their abomination. I got two. Also, I got a couple God homosexual says, friends, and they're actually I, the last thing I would call them is filthy. These guys are like really clean. Like their cars yeah, are really well, clean. They wear nice they clean clothes. I'm, talk, I'm talking about what they do. You know what I mean? No, God I don't says, because they don't make well, my life dirty. They don't hurt my feelings. I'm he's, explain it to you. He's talking about the depravity, it. though, and I think that there's some correlation, right? Like it's true that during 9/11, a lot of people got all religious, um, and. You know, that much is true. I don't know what uh, what the homosexuals necessarily have to do with it. But go ahead. Tie it together, Jim. I, I, I am trying to. That's what I'm yeah. telling you. God, they're all praying to God to help this country. He's not going to help this country and all that stuff's going on. Everybody does what they want. They don't listen to God. Well, the, aren't all the countries pray, praying to God for their for his uh, his help? I mean, you know, it's kind of like the football teams when they're praying. Both, both sides are praying to win. I mean, you know, does God flip a coin and decide which side he's going to help? Or he's just giving he free care, will. He couldn't care less about that. He, he probably doesn't care about which country wins earth. either, right? Like which set of perverts and liars and thieves managed to claw their way out top. Remember, you're not your country. That flag is not you, and it has nothing to do with you. That flag is simply a veil against, uh, behind which politicians do their depravity, as you've described. Yeah, all the rest of two homosexuals married fifty times. I, I've never had a homosexual wave Bible a flag at me. The only flag they wave at me is the uh, the, the, the rainbow flag. The rainbow right? flag. The Bible says only the fool has said in his heart there is no God. So okay, anyway, I'm not. I have not said to. that, but I will say this: that I've uh, read the Bible through uh, three times, two times at least, um, and probably eight times through the New Testament. And the best I can tell, and this is a pretty radical statement, Jim, but the best I can tell is. The Bible, the the God that's described in the Bible is very likely Satan. It's um, it, well, the well, Bible. You're gonna, you're gonna, yeah, that's uh, that's you know, God, the Bible says God is not mocked. You're going to answer. I'm not that. mocking. Gonna no, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to back it up. Yes, you are. No, l- listen. Oh, you don't like want to hear the rest of what okay, I have well, to say. You're going to pay for it. You know what? I, I know the God. God and the Bible aren't the same thing. In the next few months. You what's what? what's going to happen to me? In, that. What's that? I wouldn't be surprised if your radio program goes off in the next two months saying something bad about God. But, Jim, God I've said this kind of stuff for so years. Much. Yeah, well, maybe God's been kind to you. Well, I, God has been kind to me, but God is, in my opinion, not the entity described in the Bible. The entity described in the Bible is bloodthirsty, vain, um, and despicable in many ways. That's a... You're going to answer for that sometime. When you stand before God, you're going to answer for all that. I hope to. I hope to stand before God. Just like homosexuals are going to answer for all the dirty stuff they do. Okay. Well, I'm not a homosexual, but I support people's right to do what they want to do so long as they don't harm other people. 
and they will answer for it. They're okay, just well, like you're going to answer for calling God names like that. God I, is not mocked. Well, I find here. You know, I, you're really a I got one more. Person, you know that? I've got one more you're name really here, Jim. Person. You're really a rotten person. I'm not a rotten person, Jim. I'm, I'm a very good yes, person. I live a great life. Bible says. I know the Bible says the Bible is the problem here, Jim. What that's that what I'm talking you? about. Hold on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pause you for just you? a second, Jim. Well, that's what I'm talking about here, Jim, Jim, is the Bible is the problem here. The Bible is what I'm talking about. I don't dislike God. I think God's great. It's this book that's been handed down where a bunch of people talk about what God's like. I don't believe that thing. I've read it through plenty, and it's 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 inconsistent and weird. And you say that I'm going to be judged by God. I hope that that's the case. And if that's so, the, if God is the sort of creature that would send me to burn in hell for all of eternity for, tr- for reading his book all the way through and trying very, very hard to understand who he is and what he's about, that then would send me to burn in hell for all of eternity, I don't want to spend any time with him. Now, go ahead, Jim. Don't worry. You won't have to. Okay. Well, we're in, I, then we agree. I'll be down there with the gay uh, guys. Go you know what? Gonna Hell is going to be it's going to be, be decorated fabulously. You know? Like there's going to be If all the gay guys are going there, it's probably going to be a good it's time. It's going to be color coordinated. <laughs> Up in heaven, doilies, a whole bunch of like flower <laughs> prints. You know, it's going to suck. <laughs> down in hell, I'm talking about bold colors. You know, everybody <laughs> having a good time. Okay. Conga lines. No, I I don't believe that for a second. Um I don't believe in hell. I don't believe God would send his beloved children, right? Beloved children to hell. If my son makes a mistake, I don't take him down to the uh, basement where I keep my tools and get a pair of 10 snips and cut off a piece of his finger. Because that would be insane to do, right? Yeah. Okay. That would be absolutely homicidal to do. Like only the sickest and weirdest of people would do that. However... The God's punishment for me, and I get no warning, right? Like the only warning I get is from, you know, lunatics Jim. calling me on the radio, um, who's, you know, who've read the same book that I've read. There's no, no angel comes down and, Mark, you've got it all wrong. God is real and the Bible is true, right? That's like, a great voice, by the way. Thank you. Um, <laughs> completely unedited. Um, you know, nobody does oh that, gosh. right? So no warning at the end of it all. I go to um, go before God and then off to hell. No, no fair and just being is going to do that. No loving father or mother. I don't care what gender you just assign to God. I don't think gender is relates to God. But it's a really good way to control masses. Yes. Religion is very convenient. But I think Jim is uh, broken free from that part. Like he doesn't believe for a second that those in uh, power are... Uh, are really, you know, um, that they're good people. So right. I think he's broken that down. And look, if that's the way he wants to, you know, to live his life, that's cool by me. The Bible also says I had a, uh, in court, I had one, we call them the white shirts, you know, like the, the court police, the uh, bailiffs. Bailiff, bailiff yeah. says to me one day, he goes, you know, and I don't know, collusions 13, whatever, or whatever, I don't know what it is. Okay. God controls the government and God controls uh, the people within government. Romans, yeah. Yeah, Romans, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And I'm like, Really? Is okay. It, if that's the case, then God was in charge of Hitler um, yeah, and Stalin. And, you know, which part of the government? Like the janitor? The guy who's going around and cleaning the toilets? Is that God's servant, too? Because, uh, you know, am I supposed to listen to him? He works for the government. That sounds ridiculous to me. I clean. I believe that servants clean toilets, mind you. Hello. 
everyone. This is Courtney Shrem, and I want to invite you to join my husband and I, Charlie Shrem, on his new show, Untold Stories, for a deep dive into crypto history with the people who made that history. Together, we'll explore the personalities and events that gave rise to Bitcoin and the crypto revolution, the innovation, the collaboration, the battles, and the busts. You'll have a front row seat to the early days of crypto up to today. And you'll hear it from the folks who lived through it and survived to drive this movement mainstream. Untold Stories looks back to reveal what inspired some of the greatest minds on earth to come together to create this technology and change the future for everyone. So join Charlie and his guests, the techies and the traders, the entrepreneurs and the innovators, as they explore our past and understand what that means for the future. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855 450 free as in freedom and you are free to call in and talk live here on the airwaves just as jim did in that uh, last segment and you know you're gonna get to say what you want to say and we're gonna say what we want to say and we may not always agree and um you know that doesn't mean you can't call back it doesn't mean that uh you know it doesn't mean anything i just can't understand why people hate people because of or dislike, or think they're gonna. Well, I guess they're just dislike people, or say horrible things about people who do things in the privacy of their own home, or you know, boys kissing boys and stuff like that. Is like, you know, especially like the whole gay or lesbian or transsexual. Like, I don't, I can't wrap myself around any of that hatred at all because those people have never ever caused me any aggravation in my life. Uh, they haven't took my rights away. You I know. think it's two things. One, it's, uh, you know, the sort of religion is as religion is in the United States today, right? So um, I would venture to say that even if, if you read the Bible in a vacuum, right, you never had a preacher man, you never had a parent, you never had a teacher, you never had anybody tell you what it says, but you just read it and, uh, you know, developed your own religion sur- surrounding the Bible, that would be a pretty different religion than the religion that we have that we call Christianity today. So one, um, you know, the Christianity, the Bible, doesn't spend a heck of a lot of time talking about gay folks, especially when you start looking at the uh, translations, you know, not the not the English translations, but the Aramaic and things like that um, and, and Greek. When you look at those, you'll see that there's far fewer mentions of gay folks because some of it's just popped in um, in the English translations. They take basically pedophiles and perverts and turn them into homosexuals. And that's not the same thing. Hmm. And um, so, you know, there's there's that right on one hand. Um, secondly, I think people think to themselves, they, they, they put themselves in the shoes of the parents. Right. And a lot of parents would be happier if you would go ahead and provide them with grandchildren. Right. Um, And, you know, do it quickly so that we have them in our youth. And so they, you know, the homosexuality is looked down on from that standpoint because it disturbs this trend of providing, um, you know, Mm -hmm. older folks with grandchildren. So those are my two thoughts on the subject. 
I mean, you know, my mother loves my uh, my son very much. Do you want grandchildren, Mark? Do I want grandchildren? I have never thought about it. I didn't want children. Um, Laura wanted children, so I probably will feel the same about grandchildren as I do about uh, my child, which is beforehand I didn't want them, and afterwards I'm like, that's just great, (laughs) right? Like, I think this is the best decision. Interesting, I have a good friend who also feels the same way. He didn't want children, but his wife did, and then once he had one, he's like, let's have four. Now, I don't want to have four, but (laughs) I'm happy with the one I have, Um, so... You know, there you go. That's my thoughts on the subject. Let's go to Terry calling in from Manchester. Terry, you're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hey, boys and uh, I guess, well, boys and girls, I guess. Today. That's right. No, no, you can go to cam.freetalklive.com. You can uh, peer upon Angie's lovely visage. Well, that's what I was wanted to talk to you about initially off the bat. I'm a bit of a tech head. I'm kind of a tech guy. I don't want to brag or anything, but I'm kind of known as tech head Terry. People call me around around uh, Manchester and, and elsewhere on the Internet. Um, but I noticed you got a few cameras set up. Seems to be on an auto uh, switch, so you <laughs> seem to be switching auto. But all of the times when the camera switches, it's just on her, and she... It, very very beautiful uh, uh, lady, but she's not talking really, and it's you guys talking, and huh. you're off camera There's the entire Jay. time. Okay, um, I'm cu- I I don't understand what's going on. There should be a third cam set up that well, comes up now, and it just it just switched over, and God, I wish it hadn't. Right now it's on Jay. <laughs> yeah, I mean Angie's just <laughs> yeah, like you know. Now I kind of understand why you're keeping it on her. <laughs> <laughs> Oh God! There should be another late. camera. There should be a three camera setup. Um, that... I got a question for that guy. Why would you? Why you wear a shirt with no sleeves on it? Oh, this shirt. Hairy oh, I'd, I'd love to tell you about this shirt. So my friend Rob Mathias. Oh, I, I don't uh, want to hear about this. Uh, uh, <laughs> this is the most comfortable shirt I own. This is my favorite shirt. Like he's right though. You should not bare your uh, upper arms. Oh well, I, I, mean, I really don't of, care. They look like the upper arms of a bear. As my a my fact. wife really likes it actually. <laughs> it's that's, that's good. Don't worry about what they say, matters. Jay. I I got that's this all shirt. That matters if if the wife likes it, and and you guys probably know for all you historians of LRN.FM, you know that they used to actually wear no shirts at all on Tuesdays, world famous topless Tuesdays. Topless that actually Tuesday. was yeah. It is warm in here no. right now. Yes, well, well that's, uh, <laughs> I concur. So, what kind of microphones y'all working with there, anyway? Re thirty sevens. Somebody who has doesn't wear uh, reading glasses, just read along the uh, the edge there. Re twenty seven. Re twenty sevens. Excuse me. Oh, that's a nice rig, baby. You yep. guys got a beautiful setup. What kind of audio interface y'all working with? You got a full board? What are we dealing with here? Oh, you've got everything <laughs> that there is, but you're going to have to call in on a different night, Terry, and talk specs, about those things. Baby, hit me with those specs, baby. We don't know do the answers. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks for the call, Terry. I appreciate it. Um, actually, call in on a night that Ian's here and he can talk to you about all the uh, processing equipment. But um, he, you're right. We do have all the, the best stuff. Ian is a an audiophile and loves his good stuff. But, Jay, you mentioned how you liked my voice of the angel that I did earlier. Oh, yes. And uh, you wouldn't be able to get that quite as well if you didn't have the RE27 here. It's just a, you know, it's that kind of mic that'll pick up those really deep uh, and if anybody tones. likes voices, Silver Dave loves doing like comedian voice like impressions and stuff. And he was listening to himself or something, I guess, from um, 
uh, the last Wednesday, and he's like, man, you could do great voices with those mics. They're so awesome. <laughs> right. They're built. These aren't singing microphones. These are talking microphones, and they're built specifically for the range, the human range. Sorry, Angie. They're built specifically for the male human range. That's okay. <laughs> they really don't make good women's mics. And I think it's probably probably the singing mics would be better for women just because of the higher notes. That's just a guess. So anyway, let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Phoenix calling in here. Probably uh, uh, calling in from Illinois. Phoenix, you're on Free Talk Live. Good evening, folks. King Mark the First. I, I'd, I'd love to you know, regard you as that. You sound more like Michael Dean right now. Um, <laughs> I have I, Michael Dean's I'm, microphone at home. <laughs> uh, well, why don't you bring it in? That's supposed to be better. No, he's got the RE20. Well, this, is a, this is a slightly, slightly better mic for way too much Sir, that is racist, and you shouldn't say things like Indeed. that. Indeed, yes. Chris? I, I, I'm stoked that you have one of Rob's um, shirts. You got that from what? What is it Jay. called? The, the Libido Funk Circus? Oh, yeah. This is Jay. No. Hostel Del Funk. So Rob Mathias, who used to do the Rebel yeah, yeah, Love Show right. on LRN, uh, now is an entrepreneur, and he's an importer. He he actually goes down to um, Central America in the wintertime. He's a snowbird at 30-something. And then he's been cruising around festivals selling uh, funked-up threads um, hosteldelfunk.com, I believe is his website. You can find him there, but, uh, he's festivals all over the Northeast and he gets these things imported from little towns in, uh, Costa Rica, Peru, uh, some other place I'm too. Sorry, what was that website? One more time. Hostel, hosteldelfunk.com, I believe is his website. I'll have to, um, definitely ask him. That's what but, I love. Uh, yeah. Hostel I love, I love hijacking the airwaves in order to, you know, throw out some great agorist stuff. <laughs> I'm, my, my, I'm calling tonight. Because, you know, it's this great holiday that we all have come used to uh, celebrating, um, 9-11. I don't know if everybody's aware, but Richard Grove, um, host of Tragedy and Hope, um, he's a man that's done amazing work with uh, uh, John Taylor Gatto. He's actually been doing a 24-hour live stream covering every single little detail about 9-11, from the trillions of dollars that were lost, by the Pentagon to the trillions of dollars that were made on put options in the days before 9-11, all the way to every single whistleblower that um, James Corbett has covered in the past few days, um, from Brian Jennings, who was actually trapped in Tower 7, who's personal, you know, um, personally watched the towers fall from Tower 7. He was in Tower, he was in tower 7, and he watched Towers 1 and 2 fall. Um, to, and he got out of Tower um, 7, and then it fell? He did. Wow, that's yeah. an amazing story. Yeah, Phoenix, thank you for the call. Appreciate that. Lots of strange things going on today. Free Talk Live. Yeah. It's Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 8 55 450 free as in freedom mark with you jay and angie do you want to reach people with the ideas of liberty well you could do it from the back of your car with libertystickers.com you can reach thousands of people with a bumper sticker you know that people love to read them you've pulled forward in traffic just to be able to read somebody's bumper sticker check out the vast selection of witty poignant pithy and Downright bombastic, liberty-oriented messages at libertystickers.com. It's libertystickers.com. 
So uh, I guess we've kind of uh, run the course on calls here, and we've man, we have been all over the map between sort of religion and. 9-11 and Tulsi Gabbard and just a bunch of other things here. But um, Angie, we you brought in a story about a guy who's, uh, I don't know, had some health care problems in Canada. Go right. ahead. He did. It was a story from LifeNews.com. And I suspect Life News is not an unbiased reporting source. We'll let people form their own opinions, right? <laughs> but... I don't nece- you don't nece- you can't always get your stories from unbiased sources because the unbiased sources aren't interested in stories like this. They are biased. Those unbiased sources are biased and they're biased towards the government. And in this case, this is a pretty anti-government story. The headline says disabled 41-year-old man is euthanized after funding for home health care runs out. Canadian Sean Target, aged 41, was killed by assisted suicide after health officials decided to cut the funding for his in-home care hours. Mr. Target suffered from... Motor- Taggart, I think, is how we're going to Taggart. pronounce it. Yeah, Thank that's you. how I would be the emphasis on that. Yeah. I was just thinking Target, you know, because I go there are too much. Oh, yeah, there's an hour in a different place. Mr. Taggart suffered from motor neuron disease, which is known in Canada as amyotrophic lateral sclerosis. His illness reduced his ability to move his body, eat, or speak. However, his mental awareness remained unaffected. Doctors recommended 24-hour in-home support to to support Mr. Taggart. Can you imagine being trapped in your own body in that way? I mean, like the parts don't move, but, you know, there you are just sort of bored. I mean, I mean, think about the interface that uh, people have more or less on their phones. Right. I mean, this is the way that we combat boredom these days. He can't move his thumbs. His fingers or whatever. I see him a picture of him here with his hands folded on his lap. Yep. Like, likely because he can't move his arms. Yeah, he's sitting in front of something, but it's probably because somebody's changing out over. videos in front of him till he dies. However, Vancouver Coastal Health initially only offered Mr. Taggart 15 and a half hours of care a day, which was then raised to 20 hours a day, meaning that Mr. Taggart was forced to pay $263.50 a day for the remaining care that he needed to survive. So I'm kind of curious about that part. So they, um, the doctors recommend 24 hours, and then uh, that Vancouver Coastal Health, which I guess is just Vancouver's healthcare system because they mm-hmm. have socialized medicine up there in Canada, uh, says, oh, how about 15 and a half hours? And then they up it to 20 hours. So four hours a day is un, um, he's unwatched. But I mean. You know, if somebody wasn't watching me from the hours of, say, 2 a.m. to 6 a.m., they wouldn't notice much. What if they broke it up in like 15 or 30 minute increments? Right. Well, if, you know, like one shift uh, leaves me for two hours and another shift leaves me for two hours. Yeah, that'd be absolutely fine by me. All right, Mark, time to go. We're putting on Avengers Endgame out of here and that's two and a half hours. You'll be fine. I don't know how long it is. Maybe it's three hours. Got Whatever. According to Grandin Media on social media, Mr. Taggart wrote a status which explained that the two Vancouver Coastal Health officials visited his home and confirmed that they were cutting funding for his already inadequate care hours. After receiving this news, Mr. Taggart wrote a number of devastating social media statuses which read, So last Friday, I officially submitted my medically assisted death paperwork. With lawyers and doctors, everything is in proper order. It's been a month since I submitted my appeal to the Vancouver Coastal Health Patient Care Quality Department. They didn't even respond. Welcome to the great Canadian healthcare system. So he's like, I need more care, and they didn't even bother to respond. Nope, in a month. And, you know... I have I'm I'm sort of of two minds on this, right? So 
I can see how any organization that's required to pay for, uh, you know, healthcare for somebody is going to sort of, you know, look at any given situation and say, all right, there's too much money going over here. We need this money for this. You know, like they're, they're allocating funds. But when it's the government, they then become basically executioner. You know, I mean, the death panels that they talked about when we were, uh, you know, when Obamacare was being pushed in. I mean, isn't that what this is? Well, if healthcare becomes a right the way the American leftists say it's a right. Yeah. Um, you will most certainly have death panels. I mean, you have a right to own property. We can all agree on that. But it, does that mean that that prop that you are assigned a piece of property and that's yours just because you happen to be here? You know, there's a difference between you know rights have you know replace the word rights at responsibility. I mean, it takes a lot of responsibility to own that property. Uh, but you know, healthcare just can't be just doled out for free to everybody because somebody's got to pay for it. There's no such thing as free health Can you define the death panel? Like, what would that be? Sure. Um, so, you know, any organization that's paying for, uh, you know, health care for somebody has to make a decision, right? Like, let's say it's you. Yeah. Right? Like, let's say you're in bad shape and you're going to have to be taken care of for the rest of your life. Okay. And with a lack of care, you'd die. And with, um, you know, enough care, you'll continue to peter on. But it'll deplete all of the savings in your family, right? Like you have to spend every penny that you guys have put away. Your husband has to, when you do finally die, and you, we all will, like every one of us listening or talking right now are going to die. So uh, when you do finally die, not only do you die, but you die and the people you love are impoverished at the same time. Well, um, you know, they're probably going to make a decision, Right. That they're probably going to say at some point or another, this is just too expensive to keep going. And there's no she wouldn't want to live like this is what they'll tell themselves and things like that. Right. But, uh, you know, I mean, you know, the, the reality is, is that mo- that that healthcare is a service. Services cost money and that money is part of the decision making process. OK. We're told that when the government takes it over, money goes out of the decision making process. But Mr. Taggart here stands in stark contrast to that horse crap that you're being fed by the left when it all finally happens. Obamacare collapses as it's designed to do, right? The monopoly that was created, uh, excuse me, the cartelized uh, health insurance industry that was created under Obamacare finally collapses, finally draws pricing up so high that people demand that the government step in and fix this problem by taking over universal health care. I will point out, that prior to Obamacare, under George Bush, the United States government paid out three out of every four dollars in health care. We already had socialized medicine. With Obamacare, it's more than seven out of every eight dollars is now being paid out by the government. So, I mean, you know, there's still elective surgeries that people can take, and there's still some people who are holdouts like me who don't pay who pay their health care, um, you know, with with USDs yeah. as opposed to, um, you know. Insurance. I, I don't have any health insurance, and I I just you know deal with uh, health care. Um, on a, I don't have insurance. Basically, when I yeah you know with with cash. The number 855-450-3733. free. Are you for socialized medicine? Do you have an explanation for this? I'd love to hear it. Free talk live eight fifty five four fifty free. Business owners, you want more customers? Accept cryptocurrencies. There's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store. If only you would take it. 
I know, you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy. Well, good news. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com adds Bitcoin to your point of sale, totally free. Use the same equipment you already have, now with Bitcoin. And unlike credit cards, there's no fees. Let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Angie. I want to tell you about Freedoms Phoenix. It's a liberty-oriented news aggregation site. And that what, that, what that means is, is they collect a bunch of news stories that are relevant to people who like uh, the ideas of liberty. So I read it every single day. Like, no kidding. Every single day. So I made a list here. Um, It's the best way to stay up to date on science, technology, historical findings, liberty news, government overspending, and the rise of the police state. They're very good at that stuff. Plus, all the news you possibly want to hear on uh, dirigibles and airships. Uh, (laughs) Ernie's, the guy who puts together, is passionate about uh, blimps. So, (laughs) but the one I'm thinking about today is the historical findings. If you're interested in those kind of stories where they found a special gold pot in I don't know, Pompeii or, you know, found a Viking king with a cool sword in Sweden. Yeah. Freedomsphoenix.com is the place to go get that. And so much more. Freedoms with an S, phoenix.com. Be like, you know, read with me at freedomsphoenix.com. Angie, we were talking about this story about the great Canadian healthcare system where everybody is taken care of for no dollars at all. Like they're for free, you're taken care of cradle to grave. It's just that sometimes the grave comes sooner than you might think. That's a trick, isn't it? Cuz don't do they use dollars or pesos in Canada? Yeah, you do use dollars in Canada. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I don't understand then. Canadian dollars. Well, the article continues and said, Mr. Taggart was killed by assisted suicide on August 6th. Canada is home to some of the world's most sinister euthanization and assisted suicide laws, as even those without a terminal illness or those suffering from a mental illness are eligible eligible to be killed by medically assisted death. Now, this is from LifeNews.com, so obviously they have a stance on, um, you know, medically assisted suicide i suspect they're against medically assisted suicide at all i do not come down on that uh, side but i would say that i've i there was a story and i think i might have read it on air with you guys out of maybe denmark or belgium or something like that of this young lady who had been sexually assaulted and somehow it mentally disturbed her so much i do remember that that she decided i think it was on her 17th birthday or 18th oh, yeah. birthday yep to be euthanized there was nothing medically wrong with her she was a completely healthy young lady and um you know she decided to kill herself uh basically have doctors help her kill herself because she couldn't put up with you know with what, what was going on in her head and I, you know I like to think of myself as progressive on subjects like this you know it's your life you get to do with it as you please, but I cannot help but th- consider that a waste. 
a terrible waste of a life um, that, you know, somebody had something bad happen to them and they did. Uh, and that, you know, the best solution they could come up with is suicide. I, I, I mean, it makes At me very 17 sad. years old. Yeah. I mean, it you makes have your me, entire life makes me so sad to think of it that um, somehow she couldn't put whatever joys she must have experienced in that amount of time that they, they just wouldn't counteract the pain that she felt she was experiencing. And I, you know, I mean, I, I don't know what else to say about it. I, I find medically assisted suicide for young people with uh, mental health issues to be sad. Yeah, it's too bad. I mean, I, I have a friend uh, a couple years ago, I was a little concerned about that because they have talked about suicide and like some stuff got bad with his like relationship and stuff. And yeah. I was like, dude, if you're that depressed, why don't you, Let's try some psychedelics. Give it a shot. Uh, you know, he's one of these guys who's like, oh, you know, he thinks anything that's like not approved by like, you yeah. know, normal things is is not good. I'm like, so go eat some mushrooms. Go do an, uh, do an ayahuasca thing. Um, you might as and, well. I mean, you've got a little bit of money in life, one would presume. Go yeah, this and, guy's got a little bit of money. Go he, and yep. do something like that. We had a caller call in, and this has been a few years um, now, but a caller who had been sexually molested as a child. A, young, a man, who um, an older man, probably older than I am, um, and uh, he, something happened, I don't know what the, the, the story is, he just said that he was sexually molested as a child, and that basically he built a business, and he finished the business, and now he's done with that, and he just can't get over this one thing that happened, and uh, I think he might have been in Canada, but I'm not entirely sure, what we had read on air is is that MDMA or Molly or uh, you know whatever you're calling this uh, particular drug MDMA is its uh, sort of name and I can't couldn't give you the whole chemical uh, acronym yeah um, ecstasy is another term they use for it is uh, used by counseling organizations in Canada to help people who have who are dealing with PTSD. Um, from either sexual trauma or from, you know, soldiering or whatever, and that they've had quite a bit of success with it. So, like, you know, we said, hey, go do that first. You might as well spend the money on it if you're going to kill yourself. And, of course. Because he was talking about leaving a bunch of money to Free Talk Live. I'm like, no, <laughs> take the money you were going to leave to Free Talk Live and go to Canada for this. And, um, you know, I mean, I certainly would love some money to f- give him to Free Talk Live. I love that and uh, whatever. But, you know, the guy, I wouldn't want him to do that. I mean, that's a, it's a terrible, right? Um, so he did. And he, you know, wrote back later and he said, thanks, guys. You gave me a new life. Thank that's you. That's excellent. Yeah. And that basically this had, had, had helped him in some way, even if it was only temporary, right? Even if these terrible thoughts creep back in. He can go do it again, and maybe it'll have more of an effect. Either way, he got X number of years out of it, and it's still better. I, I have some personal friends that I made out in Colorado that claim that they've treated themselves essentially with Molly. Uh-huh. And they're not like, you know, into like doing Molly like all the time. They did it. One girl said she did it for basically a summer off of college. And she's hasn't you know a couple of years before this and she hadn't done it since and she feels fine and she just kind of did it on a whim like you know why not uh, um and she didn't want to get on like the drugs that all the uh mass shooter killer kids are on uh, right, right. psychotropic so she dealt with her depression in that way so she just kind of like did it like black market style she internet research and 
basically the the first time she did it, she like called up some of her friends and was like, "Hey, I want you to help me out with this. This is what I'm going to do." And like the one friend's like freaked out. It's an illegal drug. Why would you do this? Yeah. So the one friend left. A few other friends hung out with her. To, she did her yeah ecstasy or Molly or whatever. And um, but it wasn't like she was out at a rave and some you know party or something kind of thing. It was literally she took it as medicine and with that intent. Right. If you um, if you're at home. And you've got some bottles of water nearby. The chances are good that she'll be just fine. As a matter- and some sober babysitters. She literally, some of her closest friends just yep. hung out. Basically, she had like a slumber party with some of her closest girlfriends. Right. The biggest problems with Molly are like overheating and dehydration and drinking too much water. Um, you so have to pee a lot. It can go, it can go one way or the other. Yeah. Well, you can drink too much water. I guess you can't really tell how much water is enough is or like thirst when you're on Molly or something. Right. Um, you know, I mean, people get sort of. Eh, People can get a little neurotic about drinking water. If you're drinking water every minute, um, it can be bad. Maybe somebody with Molly or ecstasy experience could call into the show and explain it to us because I I don't really understand it. So okay. Well, it, go ahead, no, Angie. No, I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> All right. So um, anyway, that's what uh, you know happened with this guy. And as far as it goes with the assisted suicide thing, I don't support it, but I think it's your right. It, it, like a, there's there's one. It's two things, right? Like, I may not support you doing a big, fat grawler of cocaine, but it's your right. Mm -hmm. And um, assisted suicide even more so. I don't support it because, you know, you're ending your life. But for people who are in terrible pain from uh, terminal illnesses or, you know, things like that, I I can see it. But for people who are, you know, suffering from mental pain, I, I... I, I feel like there's there's some kind of therapies you could try ahead of this. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, certainly ignorance plays a role here. I don't have to deal with these kind of problems in my life. Thank God for that. Uh, the number, 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE. If you have any thoughts on the Canadian health care system and their role in this man's suicide or assisted suicide generally, the number. Free Talk Live. The number, 855-450-FREE. That's 855-450-3733. I want to get right back into this uh, news story, Angie. We've got this uh, story from Canada where um, this guy, 41? 41. Years old, had some kind of terrible disease. ALS. ALS, and he can't move good portions of his body. He was prescribed by the doctors to have 24-hour care, and at no point did the Canadian healthcare system give him his 24 hours uh, worth of care. And at some point, they cut it down to like 15 hours, 15 and a half hours. 15 and a half. 15 and a half hours, and he committed... He committed suicide, like doctor-assisted suicide, and I guess this goes on quite a bit in Canada, like three thousand cases per year. Is that what I was? Uh, we were saying. Um, it says in 2018, Canada's euthanization figures soar with over three thousand Canadians killed by their doctor. That is correct. 3,000 cases a year. Go on with the story, if you would. A Comrest poll found that nearly half of the British population is concerned that if the option of ending one's life was made legal, some people would feel pre... 
pressurized into killing themselves. It is becoming increasingly evident that the suicide laws could lead to vulnerable people seeing suicide as a treatment option so as not to be burdened to others. In a recent debate in the House of Commons, MP Lynch McKines expressed her concern at the very realistic possibility of the vulnerable being pressurized to die. Ms. McDine said, My concern is that in the current climate, at a time of overstretched NHS budgets and massively underfunded social care, if assisted dying was legalized, it would begin to be seen as an alternative to treatment and care. Well, yeah, I think that that's true, and I suspect that's true. If Yeah, especially I, if you're like a ward of the state yeah. and you're on like welfare. I mean, my grandfather, this was his problem with legalizing abortion. He figured that... And he grew up in New York State, or he grew up in New York City area, you know, and lived in New York most of his life. And he figured if the government that he lived under his entire life was able to, abortion was legal, and this was years ago, we had this conversation 20 years ago, that a day would come where if you were on welfare and you're going to have your fifth or sixth baby, that the state would somehow obtain this right to say, well, we're executing that baby, for example. uh, That was his problem with it. It shouldn't be illegal or legal the state state should not be involved with it and that's kind of i feel the same thing about this you know euthanize euthanizing when you give the state the power to do that uh you shouldn't give them any power to I, do that i kind of find it feel like that's what has happened with abortion if you look at the numbers so first off who's for abortion democrats right yeah and, and i i know people that like literally feel had <laughs> a girl say this yeah you're not cool you know in like the democrat thing unless you've had an abortion you're like almost romanticizing it um somebody's like hardcore extreme lefty horse chicks that i know for example yeah i don't know much uh, about all that but i can say that um so who's more likely to get an abortion a democrat or a republican i would say a democrat who's more likely to get an abortion uh, a young person or old person? I would say young. Okay. Who's more likely to get an abortion, um, a poor person, a middle-class person, or a wealthy person? Poor person. Okay. Who's more likely to get an abortion, somebody who's white or somebody who of a different ethnicity? I would say, uh, yeah, the different ethnicity. As, yep. as per person in the U.S. of that ethnicity, yes, absolutely, that's true. Um, there are a lot of white abortions, but it's because there's a lot of white women. <laughs> um, and uh, the... You know, the long story short is that these um, if there's a genocide going on, if there's some kind of, uh, you know, plan to wipe folks out, it's the folks that they would have wanted to wipe out back in the day anyway. Oh, you mean the ones that Margaret Singer talked about? Right. You know, what was her famous quote? I I don't really know it, but I don't know what they all are either. And I've heard that. I don't know. I don't even know what the thing is with Margaret Singer. I I don't even know. But if. It's if it's um, some kind of genocide, it's working. Okay, so you guys are both anti-abortion. No, I wouldn't say that. Right? Not not really. I mean, I, me personally, um, I think it's a it's a poor mistake for a lady to make. Uh, I have convinced a few people not to do it in my life. A few friends of mine, uh, because uh, just th- when your body um, goes through pregnancy and then there's an abortion. You know, things aren't following through just physically like there's rates of like uh, breast cancer, higher other um, reproductive type cancers is it's not like, you know, a, um, you know, especially if it's like a good, healthy baby and stuff, everything's going well. Uh, it's 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 I believe it's radically, radically hard on a woman's body first off. Oh, absolutely. And it is. all the girls that I've known personally known with the exception of one um, that I can think of that have had abortions 
really emotionally suffer from it. That is probably the worst side effect, I believe, of abortion. And what I would say is is that it's something that, um, you know, first off, you have to make the decision on your own, right? Like it's a decision that you have to make for yourself, not to have somebody else, uh, you know, make the decision for you. I um, so you don't think that the dad or whoever the father is should have some say? So oh in? yeah, absolutely, they should okay. have some say. They should have some say. But you know where I come down is is I've had a child, right? And right. I am the protector of that child, right? You know, and prior to that child, I didn't really care, give a flip about uh, abortions or not abortions. After that child's born, suddenly I care. And it's because I want to protect my child. Right. And um, I understand the feeling that other people have. So, you know, I can pull that back and say, your life is your life and you get to make a decision for your family the way you make your decision for your family. But, the, you know, ultimately, I'm, you know, I mean, I, I'm against it personally. So you think that it's a, it's a woman's choice, but if you were in the situation It's a serious decision. Right. I of think course is what it is. I, but I th- it's also a huge decision to bring a child into the world that one, sure. you can't care for, one, you're a drug addict, one, that could be a drug baby, one that, you know, it's not going to be able to survive in the conditions that it's going to live in, homeless, on the street. There's no telling. Yep. I've, so. I've had a couple of friends, I've probably about eight different times now, I've, you know, like literally, you know, growing up on on a horse farm, there's all these young girls around, and that you know, some of them in their you know late teens, early twenties, and they're like, oh, I can't really handle it, college, blah blah blah. And basically, what I told them was the reasons why I think that they shouldn't. Uh, and but I did tell them that I wouldn't hate them if they went through it, that I would support them either way. And a couple of them, I think I I, I know I've talked a few of them out of it, and a, a few of them went ahead with it and did it. And uh, and as their friend, you know, I I supported them. Uh, based on their decision, uh, but they were in some pretty tough spots, you know, and I mean, uh, that it, it's, it's not a position I, I, I would want anybody to be in, that's for sure. Let's go to the phones. We've got Sal calling in from Arkansas. Sal, you're on Free Talk Live. What's up, fellas? How you all doing? Good. Hey, you know, you were talking about this thing in, in Canada about assisted suicide and things, but... Um, I am I am a huge fan, and I think um, a huge fan of assisted suicide. No, 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 no. Of a guy that was saved because this law is not in act. Oh, okay. And uh, his name is Corey Sharon. Do you know that name? No, no. But this is kind of Corey Sharon. All right. When people call in and drop names over and over again, it's often a crank. Like, Corey, does Corey Sharon no, have a YouTube? No, no, he probably does. You probably C O R E Y. Oh God. C H A. I'm about to drop you. Why? Because I think you're plugging some YouTube uh, douche's uh, YouTube channel. No, I'm telling. you. This is the best. Tell me the story. What? How, how did? How did? How did Corey get saved? Tell me the story. Okay, um, he's the best guy to ever make it. In you just said rap. that. What? How did he get saved? What was wrong with him? What was his illness? I'm. I just said battle rap. What? Battle he's rap is. Hold on. Battle rap is his illness. No, battle rap is his salvation. Autism was his illness. Battle and rap. He made autism. What is yeah, battle rap? Battle. Oh my God! Are we really? Are, is this amateur hour? What is this? Amateur hour? I've been on the radio for twenty years. You're the one who can't stop dropping Corey's name. What did and, you and say? You can't get 
10 viewers at any given time. On what? What does that make your life? My life? I'm on 200 radio stations. What are you talking about? This isn't a YouTube oh. channel. Get out of here. <laughs> Crank calls. Ba- Battle Rap Gamer is what like the search shows. Yeah. I don't know. It must be. Huh, yeah, right. I don't know. If you go on somebody's channel who's only getting 10 views or whatever he's claiming, why would you take the time to go, go on there? Just wondering. Well, I don't know. why. Who's only getting 10, 10 viewers? That's his Mark claim. Is. I don't know. Mark oh. is. Well, right now, are we broadcasting on YouTube right now? Maybe we're on YouTube. Maybe he's seeing that on YouTube. Maybe he's seeing it on DLive or Twitch. I don't know which channel he's listening on. We're on three different video streams, plus cam.freetalklive.com, plus satellites that uh, that span North America and Africa, plus up to 200 radio stations at any given time. I'm thinking we're doing okay for listeners. That's what I'm thinking. Free Talk Live. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. Period and beat the average of their passive peers amongst the lowest cost funds in any given category versus the highest cost funds. Because the low cost funds, for all intents and purposes, might have one or two five year olds nagging them as opposed to five or six. So interesting. Couldn't figure out what was all, where that audio was coming from. Love these uh, browsers. You open up a, uh, a page and suddenly it starts yicking at you. The number, 855-450-3733 here on Free Talk Live, 855-450-FREE. And we were just talking about, uh, in the last hour, the Canadian healthcare system and how it basically forced a man, in his opinion, to commit assisted suicide. They helped a guy that was not dying um, to kill himself uh, doctor assisted suicide and apparently that goes on quite a bit in canada according to was it lifenews.com what were the numbers on that again because that was kind of shocking three thousand a year three thousand in the 2018 right yep and people that are basically convinced to commit suicide to well not all of them or suicide. that's just the assisted suicide. Oh, it's only so, assisted suicide so some of these people are like some have terminal i don't want to suffer anymore because Right, cancer. Something. But but some of them are also just people who have mental illness and they want to die, and people who are you know yep. like this guy who's basically re- receiving substandard treatment and decided to kill himself rather than deal with it. And that's what his state his words are, not mine. Um, I wanted to talk about uh, Bernie Sanders and some of his thoughts. He wants to make sure that there's you know college for everybody, forgive all the college debt. To, you know, get what do they call Medicare for all. You know, what is Medicare? Medicare is uh, when you re- reach a certain age, I think 62 and a half, maybe you then get your medical care taken care of by the government. And it's also the reason that when you visit an ER and you get the bill, the aspirin costs one hundred dollars because that's a deal. Medicare kit made with bear to pay him one hundred dollars per aspirin. So that sets the rate. Essentially, this is why uh when you go buy some insulin or whatever up in Canada, it's a fraction of the price because basically the Medicare deal with these drug companies is, ludic- is just ludicrous. It just lines the pockets of 
drug company investors. Right, and I'm of the opinion Obamacare was uh, you know set up to fail. Sure, that it was designed to drive up prices and drive down service. So let's that make would... it so bad that they'll beg us for right. Were prices to take already care of high it. then before Obamacare came. Uh, not nearly as high. They've gone okay. up and up and up um, for medical care. Yeah, there's some people are paying like twenty four hundred dollars a month for family health insurance. Right, and there's like a, a seven thousand um, dollar deductible that like with the Obamacare before it kicks in. Yeah, for the year. Yeah, for the you year. So it's like that's crazy. Yeah. So going on here, presidential. I've got a couple of articles on this. Both of them from uh, the LibertarianRepublic.com. Presidential candidate Bernie Sanders has made headlines several times over the past week as more and more people question how the country could ever afford his plan. On Friday, Bill Mayer pushed and pushed a flummox Sanders over the untenable costs of his platform. Now. Liberal media darling George Stephanopoulos has finally gotten Sanders to say the truth. He plans on raising taxes for everyone. And that's uh, that's going that's at war on the people. I mean, how are how are taxes enforced by men with guns? I mean, raising taxes on people here in the United States is almost war- worse than the acts of war Bernie Sanders has voted for against. Uh, you know, people on the other side of the world with like sanctions against Iran and other things. And now he's actually I mean, that uh, that's a sanction on the American people as far as I'm concerned, a tax. Right. I mean, you know, it's it's also says basically you can only have the health care that we provide. Look at what happened to this guy in Canada. You know, when you demand people's money um, for things, you're going to. Uh, I think it's first important to know government that, does it right. We are not currently. We do not currently have some kind of free market in healthcare. Nobody alive today really remembers a free market in healthcare. If you want to find out what a free market in healthcare looks looks like, go look up the impossible solution for healthcare. Google it, and you'll find it on the Of Two Minds blog, and they make a really great case for it. But the fact is, is that when George Bush was in office. Three out of every four dollars spent in healthcare was spent by the government. It was already three quarters socialized at that point. Obama comes in; it's seven eighths socialized. And uh, when Sanders is done, it'll be a hundred percent socialized. I won't comply, so it won't be quite a hundred percent. I'm still going to go. I, you know, I want to find <laughs> in a new movers meeting. There was a lady who is a like the doctor's assist, physician's assistant. PA, and she's yeah. like, I got to get licensed in New Hampshire. I'm like, no, why don't you be our black market doctor's uh, uh, physician's assistant? I really tried. She w- was not listening to me. She thought I was absolutely crazy. Sure. But she moved here for the FSP. And because uh, that's what I really, that's how I want to buy my health care uh, is someone who's got all this stuff and, you know, just works outside the system because I believe they're going to be much more efficient. Uh, when you don't have to like deal with bureaucracy, you can just actually do your job. Uh, that's going to be the best doctors, I think. Well, um, I I'd be interested in talking to somebody like that too, but uh, ultimately, it's it it's uh, you know th- this is what we're likely to see in our lifetimes. I believe that the system is set on a crash course for this, and that there's really no getting around it. And it's worth noting what George Stephanopoulos says here. So the Vermont senator appeared on this week with George Stephanopoulos where he pressed when where he was pressed on what his plan would actually cost Americans. After some back and forth, Bernie admits that he will be raising everyone's taxes, not just the rich, because that's not going to do it. 
um, as many of his supporters believe. I think if you're talking about uh, guaranteeing paid family leave, um, I'm sorry, that's my Bernie Sanders voice. That's not uh, Bernie Sanders. Um, it's an and medical leave, which will virtually every other major country has that will require a small increase in payroll taxes. So that is Sanders. Ah, shoot. Uh, require a small increase in uh, payroll taxes. This is going to hit everybody, the host remarked. That would, yeah, that, that would. Uh, Bernie acknowledges, of course, when you're calling for 18 trillion dollars in new spending that's around two trillion more than the nation's entire gross domestic product in a year well an intelligent parasite needs to shoot high with their with their uh, costs right so when they bring it to nine trillion dollars oh that's more affordable than we originally thought you know <laughs> um you're just going to get uh in, inventive with uh, how to pay for it bernie will raise taxes on everyone because he has to and that's uh, that's just the kicker. If Sanders were to become president, he would severely devalue our dollar to enable spending, the results of which would be inflation and a higher cost of living for everybody. Can Will the Federal Reserve let the president do that? Devalue well, our dollar they to won't nothing? won't let Trump do it. Right? <laughs> Supposedly. Th- does Bernie even have this power to do what he's talking about, to raise taxes on everyone? No. And I think that's one thing that's worth pointing out about a Sanders presidency. So they got that, nothing better to talk about with this guy except for stuff that he actually can't do as president. Well, that's what people want him for, though, <laughs> is that they want him because he wants things like college, yep. uh, free college, yep. free uh, health care, free, you know, everything. Right. Um, but he can't deliver it. And Tulsi- we still have a rigged system where Republicans are likely to be the majority in the House of Representatives. Tulsi can't deliver this either. But Bernie's not talking about ending war. He's not up there destroying, um, you know, uh, corporate shills like Kamala Harris. Um, he's just being a puppet, and it's and he was proven to be a puppet when he endorsed Hillary last time around. Right. He sort of, uh, you know, what what appeared for all intents and purposes to be Hillary stacking the deck. He's literally a sideshow, you know, f- you know, for the. Um, you know the machine. So why does he go back um, in and run again? If uh, you know, I mean, maybe maybe what he was thinking is just, well, I'll get her next. I'll get her the next to go around. So they can fill spots with people like Bernie Sanders, so they can make sure Tulsi Gabbard doesn't get into the uh, Democratic. I mean, you just need someone who's just just there to mutter and not really get get any traction. Uh, Bernie's taken care he's of. He's got quite all well. kinds of traction though. Well, I mean, but they're, they're bumper just stickers g- all over. Yep, there is. They're just going to shut him down. I mean, it's not real traction. It's a, and. I mean, I don't feel like he can win because he's too old, personally. I mean, if you had if, uh, you know, the Americans just aren't going to vote for somebody who's older than Donald Trump, our oldest president. Yeah. And and anything Bernie says just doesn't make any sense to me. And he's so easy to destroy on war because he's voted for war several times. Sanctions are acts of war. As a senator, he voted for sanctions on other countries. Don't forget that he voted for that uh, F-35 debacle thing because it uh, benefited the Boeing, uh, the the Air Force base over near uh, Burlington. The number, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE here on Free Talk Live, or you can use the Discord lines at discord.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about what you want to talk about here on Free Talk Live. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. You can either use the Discord lines at 
freetalklive.com, or you can use the call-in lines. The number is 855-450-3733. I want to tell you about Bitcoin.com. Bitcoin.com is your premier source for all things that are related to cryptocurrency. They're going to have news uh, they're going to have the uh, instructions. So if you just go to Bitcoin.com and you get getting started, I believe it's right there at the top. And they've got videos that'll tell you what cryptocurrency is, how to use cryptocurrency, how to get a wallet. Uh, they have a, a, a wallet app right there, how to buy it. Um, they have the ability to buy cryptocurrency, I believe, with a credit card right there and a variety of other ways. They also have a way to meet um, you know, personally or do it online anonymously at local.bitcoin.com. They have lots of ways for you to spend your cryptocurrency, places like giftcards.bitcoin.com. It really is the one-stop shop. And don't forget the news, um, great news sources at news.bitcoin.com. It's, you know, this website really is well-promoted, well-laid out, and I think you're going to be uh, happy with it if you're interested in finding out more about cryptocurrencies. That's Bitcoin.com. They've been a sponsor of Free Talk Lives for a very long time, and we're proud to have them. I've recommended them to several customers with uh, great success. In fact, 100% success. Uh, people who've never had Bitcoin wallets just go to Bitcoin.com. And watch some videos, I tell them. And, you know, the next day they're like, what's your Bitcoin cash address so I can pay you? It's pretty much what it's been. Yep. So um, we were talking about this uh, article from the libertarianrepublic.com. And it's just sort of the the costs of many of these programs that many of these uh, Democratic candidates are trotting out. Now, it's it's certainly understandable when young people say, I don't want to pay for this college debt. I'm not using this college degree. I, I you know, I don't want it. Well, I don't want to pay it, and it stinks. And you know, like they come up with reasons why it would be good if college was free or why their debt should be um, forgiven. Public schools, these guidance counselors. I graduated in 1998. They were shilling college to us like crazy. Yeah. Like you are going to be nothing without a college degree. Sure, is what I heard from college guidance counselors. Well, I don't have a college college degree. Uh, I, um, but my buddy's got all kinds of years of college and they've had to file bankruptcy. They couldn't buy a house or, you know, this is like, it stops you from buying a house when you got a bunch of college debt and bankruptcy yeah. doesn't even solve the problem, which one threat friend thought it was gone. And he actually, cause some lawyer, you know, needed another bankruptcy case, I guess. So yeah. Right. If you're, if you want to start a family and have a house and do all the American things that there are to do, but you've got a hundred thousand dollars of college debt hanging over your head, it's going to be kind of hard. But if you join the military, like a lot of my friends did, guess what happens to that college debt? Does it disappear? It can get deferred. Oh, it yeah? can disappear. The, the GI Bill will pay it off. I have a, a basically a lady who's like pretty much a sister to me, and that's but essentially what she did with her college debt. I didn't know that the GI Bill would pay off college debt. I don't know how it worked, but she got her college debt paid off via Navy somehow. And basically it was pay this loan, go back to school, or go into the Navy. And she she had some um, uh, very good... She got paid well in the Navy because she had a good college education. Uh, she had already actually she went to Keene State for her first three years, mm-hmm. and then she went to DuPaul, I think it's called in um, Chicago for three years. She had to page. 
DePage, yeah, DePage, yeah, okay. And uh, for and then she joined the Navy, and now um, and basically at eight years later, after being in the Navy, she has doesn't have that college debt to pay, and somehow the Navy, and but it was uh, the big thing was is well, if you join the Navy, you don't have to worry about this debt was deferred, or if you go back into school, it's deferred. And and again, I understand why people don't want to pay college debt. It's in a lot of cases you're not using it, and in a lot of cases the debt that you have, you know, it's a lot higher than what you thought you were going to be making when you got out. And the it, first year of college is a tremendous waste of time and money for most people that go sure. to like these major party universities, right? The idea that you're going to rush off to university uh, the both the first two years. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. Right. I mean, you know, the, the first everybody two years, changes their major. The first two years in university are for people with uh, uh, with scholarships and for people whose parents are extraordinarily wealthy. That's who the first two years. Now, in why university do you say for. that? Because um, you can go to community college, right, and get the same thing. Okay, um, so you're getting your core classes, right? So the idea that you rush off to Harvard or Dartmouth or Princeton or you know you pick the the university doesn't really matter, um, and you pay. Thirty thousand, forty thousand, fifty thousand a year for that English education, right? That you could yeah. have gotten at the community college level for like six grand, right? For, yeah. I, I don't know what they uh, you know pay now uh, for community college. It's probably gone up too because the market makers are driving the price up, and you know, pe- and the the market will charge what the market can bear, and people are paying a lot for uh, community college now too. But either way, it's significantly lower than. You know, some four-year university where, honestly, you know, you don't need that big university degree until you're going for your master's or your doctorate anyway. And then you can – no one cares where you went for undergrad if you have your master's. Yep, then you can transfer anywhere. Right. So – And the other thing that drives the price of college is the fact that the federal government guarantees X amount of dollars of – student loan money mm-hmm. ron paul did a did a really good video on this a few years ago where he showed these charts that were basically oh here's the um, department of education blah 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 guaranteeing x, x amount of dollars and basically the cost of college like went up like a little bit more every time than the actual increased guaranteed rate that the government was increasing on on this chart if you, i'm sure if you google ron Paul. Uh, Ron Paul on education or university cost, uh, you, you'll find it on YouTube. It's pretty good explanation. Yeah, um, I mean, it's true. The government does guarantee people's uh, you know, funding for education, and when they guarantee it, then the banks don't have anything to worry about because they're going to get paid one way or the other. Then they sell off this uh, this debt um, for to collection agencies and that sort of thing. It just it's this spiral. And young people are often brought in by Bernie's, uh, you know, passion and his plans. But his plans are really, really expensive. And, (laughs) you know, I mean, a lot of people ask, well, how can other countries do it? Well, A, I don't know. um, But, you know, B, the United States has a much more well-funded military than these other countries do. They're they're not even meeting their NATO obligations. Um, and but everything's being inflated in this country through our, this artificial injection of money into all the marketplaces, whether it's housing, whether it's um, even automobiles uh, and education, and of course, healthcare. Everything is being artificially inflated. It's true. Um, they're they're messing with the 
the markets, uh, the, the value of money, and it's uh, it's well, it's it's to the detriment of us down here at the bottom, not those at the top. Oh, I can assure course. you. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE on Free Talk Live. You're not a wild animal, and you shouldn't be tagged and tracked like one. Where you go and what you do every minute of the day, tracked and recorded by your mobile phone, is often more revealing than your browser history. And tech companies make a fortune selling your location history without your consent. Godard bags prevent location tracking and protect your privacy by instantly blocking all cell phone, GPS, and Wi-Fi signals to your mobile device. Plus, they're durable, water-resistant, and built for a lifetime of protection. Visit godardbags.com forward slash FTL. That's godardbags.com forward slash FTL. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. We've been talking about, I don't know, what's the overarching theme of the show? Government spending? Parasite waste. Yeah. Um, when, you, when you hire a parasite to do something, uh, whatever it is, it's going to consume a lot of energy. For uh, you know, Anybody who understands biology knows that parasites are very bad for the host. Whether it's a tapeworm, it's going to consume a lot of the, you know energy that you need is going to make you tired it's going to bog you down well government is essentially does the same thing to the markets as far as i'm concerned they do the same thing to our economies um just our day-to-day lives they're, they're parasites that essentially take our essence in the form of you know finance and i i'm i would say that the government's inserted itself in sort of many uh necessary areas so you know, um, they're not completely inserted in healthcare, which we were just talking about. So let's go with something that they're pretty well uh, inserted in: garbage collection. Oh yeah. Well, um, and garbage collection, mind mind you, is one of the things that government does pretty well. How does all this garbage get in the ocean? <laughs> well, um, honestly, the answer to that is largely from third world countries on the Pacific Rim. So the rules are. Uh, the nautical rules uh, on a fishing vessel says it right there. I used to, I used to go out on a commercial fishing boat a couple mm-hmm. times a year with a friend of mine. Yep. You go so you can dump a certain amount of waste 125 miles out to sea. Uh, you can dump pretty much unregulated, you know, plastic and all kinds of stuff 250 miles out to sea. Yeah, the, I don't know as that much wasn't... as you want. Well, this is what major cities do. They bring barges out and they dump waste. I don't Some think so. Uh, that so the the rules may have changed since you were out there, but you can throw like uh, crockery and uh, certain kinds of uh, garbage that'll sink mm-hmm. out. Um, that'll you know that presumably it'll help create reef or something like that. Um, but you know plastics and those kind of things you're not allowed to do anymore. You can dump human waste. 250 miles out. I mean, this could be old information. I think on it's a old boat, information. But basically, they if it was hammer milled to one inch, it was like the 125 to 250 mile. Because mm-hmm. it, was, it was, was or still is. I could do a little research on this, uh, update myself. But major cities like New York City. No. Nah. They, they don't dump trash most out of barges. Of the, most of that gar- the Pacific garbage patch is from countries that aren't the U.S. Oh, you mean so countries that we've been shipping our trash too and then they're dumping and it in the ocean that may very, be yeah, very perfect. i don't know but i don't i can't We're give you guilty. an answer on that one but clearly there's tons of walmart bags a hundred miles off the coast 
of uh, Chatham, Massachusetts, 100 miles southeast. You drop nets and let them soak for a week in the wintertime, and those nets are half full of Walmart tra- uh, Walmart cellophane bags. You could read Walmart right on them. I've picked them out of the nets. That's curious. That's not what I've read, but I'm you know I'm, I'm certainly willing to have a conversation about that. I wasn't talking about the end result of garbage. I'll get you some pictures. I was talking about trash pickup. Right. right. Okay, yep. okay. So trash pickup. Pickup. Oh, well, I'm sure there's pictures of people pulling up Walmart bags. I mean, I've I dropped a plastic bag off my boat while I was, uh, you know, out for three months. Um, yep. You know, and sometimes things blow off. I, I'm talking. I like, felt terrible, but there's nothing you can do about it. Right. You know, the boat's traveling along under sail at six and a half knots, and goodbye, Mister Plastic Bag, because <laughs> there's nothing you can do. You should have had something sitting on it. It's a shame, but that's the way it is. Shouldn't have These those kind of things out in the... Uh, plastic uh, bags had holes punched through them. They were hammer milled, and they were about 1,800 foot down, and literally were gill nets. You know, yeah. there's these that couple thousand foot long, 10 foot high, floats on one side, lead weights on the other. They catch a bunch of bottom feeders, and like literally half of the hull was trash. These these bags. What do they do with that trash when they pull it out? Oh well, we um, threw it back. We, no, <laughs> uh, we uh, filled up a bunch of containers with it. The guy actually had like kind of a trash compactor ish system where you compacted it with your foot in, into yep. these bags, and they were pretty strong bags. And we would go back to the dock. Uh, we would just throw them in a dumpster mm. at, at the Chatham Pier. So um, when you're talking a lot about of work. trash pickup. I was able to see this very clearly moving from Sarasota, Florida to Keene, New Hampshire. Now, um, all, all y'all here know for sure that trash is not picked up by garbage men here in this area unless nope. you call them. Yep. You can call somebody out and to you your house. Yeah, they'll come out and they will uh, pick up your garbage uh, for pay. And I got it done for $60 a month. I get a five-yard dumpster and I pay for it in full. Um, so it's one money, um, and that's why I get it for the sixty bucks a month because I pay for it in full. It'd be like eighty bucks if you did it monthly, and I think that's pretty good service. Yeah, that's um, sixty bucks a month isn't bad, but um, you probably are getting it for trash pickup at your house in Sarasota, Florida, for less than sixty bucks. But Ian has trash pickup here because he doesn't want to go to the dump. I go to the transfer station, is what we call it, you know, yep. the dump, <laughs> basically. And I drop drop my own trash off, and I don't pay anything for it other than property taxes to keep the transfer station open. But I have no trash pickup because I have an eleven year old, <laughs> and, I, and he <laughs> and he is my trash man. He takes care of this stuff, and then we, you know, I drive him there, and he throws it all away, and he gets a little bit of money. So I guess I probably do spend. Because I give him, you know, I'm I'm pretty generous. I'm I'm give, you know giving him pretty good money for doing it because I want to make sure that he's you know wants to do it and wants to understand chores and, and these sorts of things. But he, um, you know, he he's the one who does it at, at my house. Ian pays twenty dollars a month, which is what I was paying in Sarasota for a trash pickup. It was like twenty two dollars a month in Sarasota. The difference was in here he throws whatever he wants into that uh, barrel and they take care of it for him. There in Sarasota they made sure that I didn't have a single stick wrapped up in my yard trash that was longer than three feet long. If so they'd leave you know they'd just leave it. No explanation as to why it was being left, just left. City sometimes, of Manchester does the same thing. Sometimes your recycling would be left and you wouldn't know what the reason was for that either. Uh, you know 
know, and I, there's no instructions there. You know, you don't know what the reason is. It just gets bizarre. Fine. You don't want to pick up my recycling? I'll dump it in a garbage bag and you'll pick it up tomorrow with regular trash pickup. Perfect. Uh, you know, and this is sort of, for me, was, uh, you know, a real clarity on what the government does when it does things. It provides, this is what a monopoly is. Because try to get other trash. You can get other trash service, but you're going to still pay if you get trash pickup in your uh, area and you have to pay for it. You're still going to have to pay for the trash service that you don't use. Somebody will come to your house for money and pick up your trash. Oh, kind of like sending your kid to private school? Right. It's like private school. And, you know, public school, depending on where you are in the country, you can be paying between six and $10,000 a year per student uh, for, you know, government school. And... There's plenty of private schools in America right now that are that can use that kind of money. And now, mind you, a charter school, if you decide to send your kid to a charter school, the government only gives them a fraction of that. We did that. There was a lot of fundraisers at the charter school. Right. So the, they get a certain amount from mm-hmm. the government per student, yep. but it's much smaller than what the government school yes. gets. So the government school, you know, there's better, there's worse ones, there's no doubt, but... Ultimately, um, you know, you can't compare the charter schools to the government schools, even though the charter schools are generally better, um, because the charter schools have to basically they they live in a netherworld, half private, half public, mm-hmm. and they're trying to do fundraising and that kind of thing. Private schools, yeah, there many of them are functioning for less per student than the government schools are, and still. We're like, you know, the government schools are still the worst school in a given area. The government provides the worst service at the highest price, and it seems like every single time. But the, the employees in the government schools' pensions are guaranteed by the barrel of a gun. When their pension fund loses 20%, 30% because everything goes to crap, taxpayers have to make up for it. At the private school, if there is a pension, which I assume you would have to have if you had a private school to get educators to teach in your private school. I'm sure they got some kind of thing like other private Probably companies. Probably 401k. Or, or whatever. But, you know, if that goes down, there's you know, there's no one pointing guns at taxpayers to prop it up to right. make sure you still get it. If the charter school doesn't work out, the pen, you know, whatever the whatever retirement they have for those teachers, you don't necessarily have to pay for it. And that's the difference between something that's in the marketplace and something that's in the, uh, you know done by the government. The government, you're forced to pay for it, even if it's the worst service offered. Yeah, there's and, no incentive to provide a good service if you're forced to uh, pay for it. And that's my dispute fundamentally with all government programs is, you know, I'm not saying the government doesn't provide prog- uh, programs we need, but we certainly don't need them at the price and the service level they're giving them to us at 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE as in Free Talk Live. Free Talk Live, final segment. The number is 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. It's Mark with you. Jay. And Angie. If you operate a retail business and you're looking for a solution for point-of-sale cryptocurrency acceptance, excuse me, it's never been easier thanks to HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. There's no paperwork or approval process to open an account. It's not like taking you know, VeriSign or any of that stuff. It's so easy. If you've already got a tablet at your cash register, you're almost done. 
Visit HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com and follow the simple steps. Within moments, you'll be accepting cryptocurrency like Bitcoin and Dash at your store and Bitcoin Cash. Get started now at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. It's HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com. I think this is important to read. Uh, we were talking about government programs and uh, you know the cost for them and things like that. Here's one that it makes perfectly good sense, but it's going to be really expensive. From NBCNews.com, court rules Veterans Administration must pay for veterans' emergency room care, a decision that may be worth billions yeah because these uh, hospitals want your emergency room business if you uh travel down interstate 93 from concord to manchester you will see a massive sign that says some hospital down the road and the exit whatever and the wait limb the emergency room wait wait time time is zero minutes yeah. Eight minutes, Two three minutes. minutes, whatever. It's always you see some couple minutes. And, yeah, and I've I, seen plenty of signs like that for different hospitals, not just that. Oh, one, yeah, yeah. I've well, seen that all one. kinds of hospitals. I see them everywhere in New Hampshire. Yeah. Oh, and it's not just New Hampshire. It's Florida, too. Oh, OK. The Department of Veterans Affairs must reimburse veterans for emergency medical care at non-VA facilities. A federal appeals court ruled Monday. This is from uh, September 10th. So there's that today, yesterday. Oh, so, if yep. you like v- the VA health care, you're going to love government health care <laughs> once it all becomes because v- it's all it, going to be VA. It is government. Yeah. A decision that could be worth billions of dollars to veterans. The U.S. Court of Appeals for Veterans Claims said that the VA has been wrongfully denying reimbursement to veterans who sought emergency medical care at non-VA facilities and struck down an internal VA regulation that blocked those payments. All of this is unacceptable, said the ruling, which ordered the VA secretary to re-adjudicate these reimbursement claims. Plaintiff's lawyers say that based on past estimates by the VA, the department is now on the hook for between $1.8 billion and $6.5 billion in reimbursements to hundreds of thousands of veterans who have filed or will file claims between 2016 and 2025. So <laughs> I love that they don't know. Like so, you don't know how much this is one point eight to six point five between two difference. and seven billion dollars now. And you, what you need to consider is is that many veterans don't like the service they get at the VA. No, it's oh, horrible. Much rather go to an actual the hospital down the road or whatever. So I wonder how many will now say, "Well, I had to go to the emergency room to get my service rather than the VA." I had a sniffle. Yep. Well, if so you're a certain amount ER. of miles away anyway, they'll give you a referral to yes. a different doctor. Yep, they will. But you have to, you know, you have to get the referral and all it that work bit, and all yep. that sort of thing. Um and if you if your emergency room visits are now covered by the VA, at what point will just all your hospital visits be covered? Yeah. And all these questions really sort of add up to a people don't want government health care because that's what the VA is. Forget it, ladies and gentlemen. There's no way to get around it. You've got government health care, and we know what it looks like. It's the VA. So will the the local uh, emergency room here in Keene say a vet goes there because whatever, he's got some chest pains. Uh, Do they pay the cash rate, the VA, or do they pay the um, insurance rate? I'm sure it's the highest rate possible. I'm sure it is. um, You know, yeah, I'm sure it is. I don't know if they're billing the... the 
patient, which would be the the veteran, and the veteran gets the bill, and then they submit it, it they would get like a cash bill, right? Maybe because it would be in their name. Well, I can tell you that I did go to the local. Uh, you were just talking about the local hospital. Um, my, when my wife was pregnant, we went there, and they wanted our information because you know we'd went for the first visit and stuff, and they asked for our insurance information. I said we don't have uh, our insurance won't pay for this, so this is all going to be cash. But do you have insurance? Yes. Um, but it won't pay for this. Well, let us get the information anyway. That's where you went wrong, saying you had insurance that you can't even use. Right. <laughs> so I answered the question, yes, and I gave them the insurance information in case it was. They said it was in case it was for something else. If you know, right. we get rolled in or whatever. They then billed us the insurance rate. Yep. And when we told them we were going to pay cash, so we no longer got the cash rate, and we had one heck of a time getting them to roll it back to the cash rate, and. These people don't know what their services cost. So there was a no. test that she had to have that every woman, she was right at, she was 40 years old. when and uh, all these doctors Jack. do this yep. in hospitals. Oh, so, we don't know what that lab costs. Well, you guys send them out every week. How the hell right. could you not know? They, they had her take a test to see whether or not she had to take a test, right? Yeah. <laughs> and so the test turned out that she needed to take the test. Well, the test, not the test for the test, the test for the test cost more than the test. Three times more than the test. If we would have just taken the test, we would, have pay, we would have paid a quarter of what they charged us. That's really like is a definition of a racket. And that is racketeering. Right. And so, you know, I mean, this is this is their billing problems. This is, you know, a service provider that doesn't even understand the rates for anything. I've got a, a friend who works as a doctor at the, the local hospital, the same hospital I'm complaining about here. He's like, you know, he he readily admits he has no clue what they're going to charge me for anything. No. Nothing. He's like, I just don't know. Yeah, if you call and you try to make an appointment and you ask how much your visit's going to be and you say, this is what I'm going to have done, they're going to say, you have to call Billing. They don't know either. Yeah. So, Nobody knows but Billing, and Billing doesn't know either. No. So imagine this. All your data for the past decade is getting stored somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there's AI bots that a used car dealership, a hospital, an auctioneering house basically put to work to see how much you can afford. Uh, how much will this guy afford on a car? How many clicks was he clicking on cars that were over twenty thousand uh, dollars? How much has this guy, guy got in his bank account? How much, you know, this does he have? What, what's his assets worth? How much is his health care? How much can we extract out of him for health care? I mean, lawyers are doing this to see how much they can get for certain things. And I'm throwing it's crazy. off their algorithms because I look at a, a, an inordinate amount of Lotuses and uh, McLarens <laughs> and Lamborghinis. Um, you know, I, right, right. Because I like the way they look, not because I'm ever going to buy one or ever could buy one. But just think about it. All our, if all our data is out there and if there was, you know, there's AIs being developed or they already exist or Facebook. I mean, Facebook is selling me stuff literally that like, I'm like, wow, that's an awesome tool. I've been needing that. I have bought some awesome tools due to online advertising that have actually made my life easier in my trade because I'm looking at all these tools and watching videos about welding and blacksmithing and all, you know, and I, I get advertise these things. But it's a seriously dangerous sword. I mean, when it comes to healthcare and certain situations, you, they know based on our data we've been putting out there who they can stick it to and who they can't. They yep. got to. Right. I, I'm and I'm sure that's the case. They can figure it out in every other industry. Why couldn't they figure it out in healthcare? Right. And uh yeah, that's it's the truth. By the way, on that test that uh, cost three times as the test for the test that cost three times as much yeah. as the test, um, we didn't pay it. 
We just refused to pay that. We paid all the other bills. Good and for we you. said Except for the test. Y- y'all can take that and stick it where you, the proctologist works, right? And um, we just didn't pay it. And no one, I think they, call, yeah, they. you're right. Uh, they turned it over to one guy at one collection agency one time that called. And I read him up one side and down the other. And Nothing. they never called back. I didn't tell him he couldn't call me back. I didn't tell him he couldn't try to collect. I didn't tell him anything like that. They never called me back. I suspect because they realized I'm never giving them a penny. These <laughs> incompetent boobs, and they're you know trying to pay me, they're trying to charge me for this bill. I was in a semi wreck, and I took an ambulance ride. It was twelve grand for the ambulance and ER God. visit, uh, and you know, put a couple stitches in my head, a couple stitches in my shoulder, and uh, they wanted like twelve grand, and I'm like, well, "What are you guys gonna do if I don't pay it? I, I ain't got no assets. I'll just let my credit rot." First phone call, I had these guys down at thirty two hundred dollars. Yeah, right. They were ready to, to cut cut rate uh, pretty quick, and that's that's what they'll do. You should talk to the hospital billing and begin negotiating as quickly as you can. Because and just let them know you're a deadbeat and you're probably not going to pay. And they just, you know, I mean, thirty two hundred dollars was better than any creditor would give them. I was willing to. Or any- you know, credit right. buying company. Right, the credit, the credit buying company. I was willing to pay what I felt was a fair amount, and we did talk them down on the amount. Because I, I felt like I got ripped off on the cash thing, mm-hmm. and I felt like I got ripped off on too many tests. So I talked them down to a fair amount. Uh, they, you know, let the bill go, and, you know, ultimately that was that. Um, you know, I refused to pay for the one test, as I had said, because I felt that that was wrong, yeah. and they didn't. So, you know, we just had a dispute on that, but it was it really never affected the our credit from what I could tell. We didn't buy much on credit for that period of time, but I bought a car a few years ago and it was everything was fine. Free Talk Live. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post show. I am Mark Edge coming to you for Free Talk Live, and today I've got with me Todd from Go Dark Bags. Todd, you there? I'm here. How are you? Excellent. And you've been advertising with Free Talk Live for a little while here, and I was really surprised to find out that if I turn put my cell phone in airplane mode, that it is still tracking my whereabouts, and when I turn it back off of airplane mode, it then reports to Google every place I've been. Exactly. Yeah. And reports really to anybody who is listening. At the end of the day, uh, airplane mode, you're right, it, it literally just stops our phones from transceiving but not um, receiving so a lot of people think that they're that they're safe and in fact it's even more dangerous because when you when you think you're private and you're not that's even worse than knowing you're not private but you're right all of that information gets uploaded to not just google but whatever applications you have running on your phone that are collecting that data, they're all getting it too. Right. So it really, so, you know, it's a lot of people out there getting access to it. When I downloaded the app, whatever the app might have been, and it asked um, if it could have location information, and you know, maybe it was, uh, maybe it was Uber. Right. Uber needs to have my information so it can send a driver to pick me up. But it probably doesn't need to know when I'm taking an international flight or, you know, any of these other things. It just needs to know where I am when I ask for the uh, the taxi ride. But it's collecting that. Yep. It's putting together and a sharing. profile. Yep. Yeah. And sharing it. a lot of these uh, when you read the fine print, which nobody ever does, of course. Of course not. But when, when you read it, what you're mostly doing is you're giving them permission to do whatever they want with the data. And a lot of times that includes selling the data off because the data is worth a lot, whether they use it directly directly themselves or not. Selling it to data aggregators is huge business, especially our location data because it's so intimate. 
Right. I mean, you know, they've they've got the business of sending people to pick you up in a car and they've got the business of selling your information that you've given to them in exchange for this cool convenience. But I didn't realize that basically you have to turn your telephone completely off um, to give up that information. And I would presume that if you've got a battery or whatever that, um, you know, it's possible the manufacturer sets the phone up to give some information out even when it's off. I, I mean, I, I haven't seen any proof for that, but it's not like it's impossible. <laughs> That's, you know, you brought up a really good point. Um, so Kevin Mitnick and a, a number of other people in the security community, they've been speculating for years now that the NSA has had the ability to um, – to connect to a phone when it's essentially off. And, and I think what they're talking about there is um, if you can get some malware onto your phone um, that that makes your screen look like it's off, ah. it's very difficult nowadays to know if your phone actually is off. Uh, you hit the power button and some malware intercepts that and says, oh, I'll just show them a black screen instead. You don't have any clue whether it's off or on. Because you don't feel the heat from your phone anymore. Not like you used to in the old days. Your phone would heat up if you used it a lot. Nowadays, right. you can't even tell. Yeah, much. it's, it's much, less, uh, much more difficult to tell. So, um, you know, I mean, we have these problems, whatever these problems are. Can you tell me, um, you know, why, why somebody who, for instance, isn't on the, on the lamb from the law might want to not give up their, their uh, you know, location information? Give me some ideas. Oh, uh, sure. Well, like security in general, um, the, the the length we're willing to go to to protect our privacy is very much dependent on our sort of threat model. Uh, so if you, you take a journalist, for instance, who might be trying to protect their source, well, that's impossible to do if you keep meeting your source and these two cell phones keep showing up in the same location all the time. Right. It gives up, the, kind of gives the ghost up. Um, another example is uh, military military they don't want their soldiers basically broadcasting where they are all over the battlefield and you know you, you might recall not too long ago there was that fitbit uh, sorry fitbit fiasco that happened where all the location data from fitbit was leaked and they were literally able to tell the location of this military base that was supposed to be classified <laughs> and from from the Fitbit data, they could actually map out where all the paths were. Like you could see the running trail around the outside of the building and all the pathways that run through the, the middle of the complex and everything, the base. It was like a map of their base. Invasion plans Fitbit right there. <laughs> right. Because all the Russians so, have to do is get it. Exactly. Um, you know, but other examples uh, certainly exist in more oppressed countries where the citizens are just trying to protest or they're trying to, you know, exercise their right to voice what their issues are. And, you know, nowadays with IMSI catchers and Stingray devices, um, th these are devices that, that can pick up your location. They act as a fake cell phone tower. So what, yeah. what happens is law enforcement... Uh, and I'll, I'll get to that in a minute, it's beyond law enforcement, but typically law enforcement would use this device, and if there's a large gathering or a crowd somewhere, they can just sort of roll up close by with their police car and the device in their car, and it'll it'll act like a cell tower, redirecting everybody's cell, through, cell phones through their fake cell phone tower. So it allows them to quickly gather a list of all the people in attendance in a large crowd somewhere. And that's that's a problem when you're supposed to be able to exercise your right to protest and free speech. And, and, and I don't know how things like liberty and democracy survive 
when we're all essentially wearing ankle monitors and anyone with an IMSI catcher can can follow you around. Well, I'm pretty sure liberty has been uh, put to rest. I never hear anybody say <laughs> it's a it's a free country anymore. Um, as far as democracy goes, uh, no one seems to give a darn about uh, you know what in fact democracy might be. They just say that it'd be, it'd be great to have it. So I'm not even sure that's true. Um, <laughs> but uh, individual liberty concerns me, mine and my families and other people who are interested in liberty, being able to uh, to exercise those sorts of things. And I imagine other people are interested in it too. Um, did you get through entirely your list of people who you think might be uh, benefit from you know this information? No. no, the list goes on. We we sell our products to people who are uh, victims of stalkers. Private investigators direct their clients to us to buy the product because they they believe they're being stalked. Um, but when you you don't have to be on the lam. There's a great example from uh, EFF.org where this guy was basically in the area where a crime was committed. Yep. And because he was caught up in a huge you know, gathering of a lot of people, they just assumed that this one guy out of the hundreds that were picked up out of this uh, mass targeting of people in the area must be the guy because he managed to match up with a couple other data points. So they didn't even bother looking any deeper and they railroaded this guy. And uh, he ended up losing his job. At the end of the day, they found out that he wasn't their guy. But that wasn't until after they arrested him at his home, at his work. He lost his job. All of this stuff happened because they just got the wrong guy when they pulled out a, a crowd of people. So we're, we're finding a lot of people are, are looking to this kind of a, a product, usually because they have a very specific circumstance. And what it is is, you know, maybe you're – you're going about your day and there's somewhere that you want to go, but you just don't want that being part of your the history of your life, essentially. Because once this data is out there, it's out there, right? Right. I can so, go back and look at my, uh, you know, track my whereabouts five years ago on my Android phone. I mean, it's right there. Exactly. And so, so now if you think about as you go about throughout your day, all of the little things that, that show up as part of your profile, maybe you're going to stop in a dispensary or something. And I use this example in particular because we've had someone report this to us. A guy stops into a dispenser in Colorado. This was a year ago. And he, you know, every Friday or whatever after work, fairly regular, he goes to this dispensary. He thinks all is fine because it's legal in his state. And then six months later, he applies for a federal government job. And he's disqualified because his, his location history somehow in background checks showed that he was showing up at a dispensary and it's not federally legal. So he's done. He's like his job was out the window and he moves on with his life. But he never dreamed that something that was legal in his state was going to prevent him down the road from getting a job. Yeah, that, so that brings up crazy. another one. Yeah, it brings up another one for me that I think of um, often is, and I use this example a lot, politicians, judges, captains of industry. Um, you know, these are the targets for lots of different people. People are interested in them. So intelligence agencies from foreign countries are interested in these folks. Um, you know, probably rogue agents or just people with their own agendas within our own government are interested in these folks. I mean, it, we, we yeah. think of the NSA as this monolith and likely, um, you know, you don't have the, uh, the, 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 the utmost confidence in the NSA. But let's not forget the NSA is just an organization and organizations are always made of people. And each one of those people has their own agenda within. And 
I'm not saying that every single one of these people's some kind of counter spy situation, but if you got enough people in there and their job is to be spies, then yeah, they've developed their own agendas and maybe they got a little club within them or whatever. And if that club collects information on, um, you know, judges and politicians and captains of industry, they get enough information on those people, then they can, you know, if they find out where their mistress is and who their mistress is, if they find out, you know, they've got offshore bank accounts or, you know, that they've got a cocaine habit. I don't care what the uh, the the thing that they find out about them is, but when they do, then they can go and sort of blackmail them to get things done. Now, I'm not saying they're blackmail them every time, but, you know, if they get a judge to make a special ruling every three or four years, that's not a big deal inside of his career, but it's, you know, it, it could be a very big deal if it's the right case. If they get a politician who swings the vote in one direction or another on something important piece of legislation, because they don't care about most legislation, but they care about some of it. <laughs> and, you know, these kind of things, this, uh, you know, this, the operational security for those people is extraordinarily important. It is. And, you know, I'll give you a perfect example of that right now. Um, Jeff Bezos just had the most expensive divorce in history. Right. Because somehow somebody decided to leak photos of his <laughs> indiscretions. Yeah. Now, there's been speculation that the Saudi government was behind it, all kinds of speculation as to who helped do it. But I find it hard to believe it was an easy task that your average punk on the street pulled off. Um, and so there's an example of, you know, if you're big and powerful or an exec or a politician or, or anything like that, you are a target for sure. And you see this in Hollywood all the time. You know, Hollywood celebrity phones getting hacked and and their location tracked and they're being stalked by paparazzi. This stuff comes up all the time. And, you know, the, the photos that get leaked, it's um, we sell our bags to celebrities, too. So we hear their stories sometimes. Not nothing, nothing big name that I would talk about anyways because of privacy. But it's not uncommon for people to be freaked out about that sort of thing. Um, I can't help after having a listener propose this theory to me. Um, I can't help but think of the uh, Epstein situation as quite possibly some kind of uh, government op. Not our government, but maybe. <laughs> but, you know, I can't, I, I just I just can't get out of my head. The idea of how easy it would be to get people, men, who seek power to get a couple of drinks in them and have them, uh, you know, philander about with uh, some gals who are, you know, a year or two underage in that particular jurisdiction, then yeah. how you, I mean, at that point, you've got them by the short and curlies. And, uh, you know, you can do whatever you want with these guys. <laughs> and maybe they'll come back for more at that point. Like they're in, in for a penny, in for a pound. So yeah. <laughs> when I can only imagine like that's a, it's complete waste of this kind of influence to just have it, you know, some, you know, perverted billionaire out there having that kind of influence. If a government, um, I don't know, Epstein, maybe it's the Mossad, right? If the Mossad um, had that information, they could really use it and. You know, for the cost of a, a private airplane and putting some agent up and, you know, the lap of luxury. Well, I, I it's, it's hard for me to imagine. <laughs> exactly. It's a small price, really. It is. It would be. It's cheap. That is some cheap yep. spy work there. 
So anyway, <laughs> we, we can see some of the operational security holes that people have in their lives. And, um, you know, I, I have gone most of my life without some kind of little uh, protection device like you have um, here. But I can see the value, and now it sits in my car. And my phone slips into it every once in a while. I don't know if it's important, but it does. So tell me what you, you know, got. I just want to comment on that. That's a good point because that's how I use mine. Um, I don't. I, I need to use my phone just like everybody else. Our phone is our conduit to our life. I mean, it, it literally is how we interact in the world today. And so we can't really functionally operate as an employee or a business owner or whatever it is we do in our life without it. So obviously I'm not going to walk around with my phone in the bag all the time. But here's the thing. When I go through about throughout my week, there are countless times throughout the week when I'll say to myself, yeah, there's no reason why anyone needs to know I'm stopping here or going there or doing this. And it's not that there's anything nefarious or criminal about it. It's just that I, I don't feel the need for these data points to become part of my life's profile that is being built and aggregated uh, by all these huge data aggregators. And, you know, I find that on a lot of occasions. You know, it might just be visiting a friend's place. Well, why should I have that part of my public life in some way? So I'll just I'll throw my phone in the bag while I stop in for an hour and then I take it out when I leave. Now, you can turn your phone on and off, but I find myself throughout the day turning my phone on and off too often <laughs> uh, because I am more privacy conscious. And it takes too long to boot up. I mean, I've got a I got a pretty fast phone. I've got one of the new ones, uh, Samsung, and it you know it boots up pretty quickly. But I would prefer to just slide it out of the bag and use it. I've used the bag. It's easy to close it. It's easy to open it, and it's running when it comes out. I guess my biggest concern with using the bag is how much battery power am I using when I slide it in the bag? Isn't it searching for a cell phone tower or something? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. Um, and, and, and it kind of is a little bit of a myth that had some truth in the past, like I guess a lot of myths do. Yeah. Um, old cell phones, um, you know, a few years back, if, if you've got a phone that's, you know, five years old or four years old, you, you might start to see some battery drain because of it. But the battery drain on anything in the last few years is pretty minimal. Um, and the reason for that is cell phones have gotten smarter. They just know that if they can't get a signal they're not going to just keep on jamming the you know the power higher and higher to get one they'll right. do it but they won't keep going you know continuously they'll they'll sort of spot check every little little time like every few seconds they'll check they'll check again they'll check again but they won't drain your battery over it otherwise every time you're out of range with your cell phone your battery would be draining as far as your phone and the networks are concerned, you're just somehow out of range. So that would drain everybody's right. phone if you're out in the country and you are in between cell phone towers. And so it's not an issue nowadays, no. Yeah, I noticed that – I believe in the past that when my cell phone was not getting signal that it was um, you know, using a lot more battery power than um, today when I slide it into this uh, – you know, in, into the device, uh, the Go Dark bag – it um you know it doesn't seem to use the battery at all i mean it doesn't seem to affect it at all um when i slide it out it's basically nothing's occurred yeah that's that's the way it is with most modern phones now yeah it's um so i mean you know really it's a low tech solution for a high tech problem and it's inexpensive and easy to keep in your car and um or in your you know bag or whatever and there you go 
It's, uh, I mean, that's it. You just have to it's, consider it's, that it's it a is a problem. <laughs> yeah, it's a bag. You know, there's something I want to point out about the bag, too. Um, talking about just sliding your phone in and leaving your phone on. When we set out to build this bag, we looked at a lot of a lot of bags, and we did a lot of research and development. Um, and we found that most of the bags on the market are just private label junk, and the the person who's selling it doesn't really know anything about how it was made or anything like that. And um, but what we noticed when we looked at all these bags is none of them had a liner on the inside. So in other words, the the blocking material it's a it's like a it's a metallic fabric that has metal woven into the fabric, into the textile. And that's what does a lot of the blocking or all of the blocking, essentially. Um, but a lot of companies, all of them that we found, they didn't put a liner inside. So that metallic fabric would be touching the screen of your phone. Now, of course, that's going to activate, you know, just like touching oh, with yeah. your finger. It's metallic. So it's going to start turning apps on and off. And you might think, well, well, if I just turn the screen off, I'm fine. But a lot of people use gestures on their phone that will work when the screen's off. And so it'll start activating gestures and whatnot as well. So for a lot of people, they literally still have to turn their phone off to put it in that kind of bag. I see. And, and we thought that was a real problem because we saw – you know, a big segment of people using our product are people that are activists. They're they're out there protesting their issues and whatever, and they don't want to get caught up with these IMSI catchers. But at the same time, they don't want to lose out on that safety feature of having access to a phone in an emergency. So we put a liner in the bag so you could leave your phone on while it's in the bag. And that way, like you said, you like being able to pull it out and, and being able to use it right away because it's powered up and ready to go. And that's why we put the liner in so you could do that. Otherwise, you do have to turn it off before you put it in the bag. And for the most part, that defeats the purpose. Unless you're super paranoid and you believe that you know the government can tap into phones when they're off and that sort of thing. And there's some, there's some argument to it. Um, but I, I'm not going there. Yeah, <laughs> so they may be able to. They may be able to, and then they may care about where you are. And uh, who am I to say, um, you know, don't ki- commit crimes, kids. Uh, but, you know, I mean, ultimately, <laughs> uh, what I'm concerned with is, is just I'm not sure I want to be. Uh, you know, want my whereabouts tracked every single minute. Um, I get that there's some value for it here and there. You know, if I'm like, when did I make that trip to Belize? Then I can look it up. And that's kind of cool. But I'm not sure I want to, you know, every <laughs> I don't want my wife to know every time I go get a milkshake. You know, I mean, it's probably best if I just keep that my, my little secret. So <laughs> <laughs> not, not that she's going to be able to tell anyway. But, um, you know, anyway, how do people get a GoDark bag? You know, you know, what's the cost? Um, well, it's simple. You visit GoDarkBags.com. And uh, right now the, the phone bag sells for forty nine ninety seven. And the tablet size bag sells for $69.97. And when you get it, you'll see that the, the quality of the construction and materials is is uncompromised, is what we say. We literally pulled no punches on the, on making this thing, which is why we uh, offer it with a, a lifetime guarantee. So three years from now, if you think your bag's falling apart for some reason and there's defective materials or anything like that, or five or eight years, just send it back and we'll send you a new one. 
Awesome. It's GoDarkBags.com. Yep. Thanks, Todd. Thank you. Do you have a crypto wealth advisor or coach? If so, has your cryptocurrency advisor been investing in technology stocks for over 20 years? Have they left the corporate world and retired? Or are they still trying to make a weekly paycheck? Have they produced six-figure results for their customers in the past 30 days? And very importantly, are they a member of the Digital Currency Council? Seth Maniscalco is the founder of Crypto Wealth Coach and CryptoWealthCoach.com. Seth invested in his first Roth IRA at 19 years old while living abroad and has been investing in Wall Street and technology for over 20 years with experience in all the money markets. By comparison, so many of these so-called crypto gurus have barely been alive for 20 years. Seth has not only experienced personal success from his own investments in crypto, he has also helped his clients earn six- and seven-figure incomes, including helping investors make over three-quarters of a million dollars in EOS in 90 days and 1,225% in only five and a half months with Chainlink. Seth has helped for the small do-it-yourself guy on up to crypto whales. Increase your wealth visit cryptowealthcoach.com I'm crazy about my magic mud. This is the most important oral care product created this millennium, and I'm not kidding. We all have different opinions on politics and issues, but we all have mouths. And I want yours to be as clean as possible, with teeth as bright as they were meant to be. I will never be without my magic mud. It's a little surprising, but man, does it work. If you only listen to one thing I say ever, go to mymagicmud.com and get 20% off with code FTL. Mymagicmud.com, code FTL.